0: Nystrom, Meister, Nystrom's really getting some good right hands in. Gillies is down with Sanstum. Somebody
1: better help Sanstum. Everyone must be held accountable for their actions.
0: You cannot see your star carried out in a stretcher and do nothing about it. Oh
1: my! Did Nick plant one on C-Card? Wow! You can't put a bounty on a man's head! I just did. The spinning, spinning, who's he going to go after? The hot drop, and Bob there, the right great-
0: This is Coliseum Chronicles The Penalty Box, your source for Islanders Enforcer talk. I'm your host, Joe Lizito, and welcome to episode 113, part two of my chat with Ross Olson. I'd just like to take this time to thank everybody who provided some feedback on part one. And um, I think the coolest thing about doing this show is obviously getting positive feedback, but When you get positive feedback from family members of the guest, then I think, you know, you've done something right. You've done it right because, um, obviously they would know the guest the best and for them to take time to, uh, to write you just a quick note saying that, uh, you were spot on and, and it was really good. I mean, it just makes you feel awesome. So, um. So that happened with this interview with uh, with Ross with part one, and hopefully uh, part two is just as good as that, which with Ross, of course, it will be. So um, if you're on social media, please scroll down to the episode description of this very episode, and on there you will find links to the show's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram accounts. And uh, like I always say, if you follow the show, uh, friend request, whatever, I will do the same in kind. Also, what you'll find there is a link to Islanders A to Z, and that is a children's book that has been illustrated by local Long Island artist Joe Marisich, the artist who created the logo for this very show. So please consider uh, clicking on that link, checking out the book, and ordering it. I have one in my collection. You don't need a child to enjoy this book. The illustrations are absolutely amazing couple of other shows i would like to tell you about uh i'm going to tell you about my other show nordiques knuckles podcast but um i think the news surrounding that and i'll i'll do an episode on that show is uh i think i'm pulling the plug on it um it was uh excuse me it was something i tried and um in the beginning it was uh it was a lot of fun and now it just seems like um I'm just hitting wall after wall. And to be honest with you, uh, I I love the Nordiques, not as much as the Islanders, but I love the Nordiques and I love uh, a lot of their players. And um, I think it's time to pull the plug before um, I no longer get enjoyment out of the team or those players. Um, I don't want to have any sort of negative connotation or negative feelings about the team or any particular players. Uh I'd like to remember them just uh the way that I do now. And I I can't even say it's been aggravating. It's just I'm sort of apathetic to it at this point. So um I will have a an episode coming out soon because more so to thank the people who uh, who did appear on the show. I, I really appreciated it and those interviews were awesome. Um but it, it appears that uh it appears that that show is uh, is going to be uh, dead and buried very shortly. But while it's still there, please go back and listen to the back episodes because guys like uh, Dave Marcinician and Ivan Matulik, Kenny McRae, Trevor Steinberg, they were uh, gracious enough to give me a lot of time, and uh, they provided some great stories. And uh, I'm very happy that I at least gave it a try. But, you know, uh, sometimes things just don't work out, and uh, and this is one of those. So. Uh, but I, I would encourage you to at least go check out those those episodes with those guys because they were awesome. Uh, the Fourth Line Voice podcast with my buddy Darren in Saskatoon, the outskirts of Saskatoon, proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network. And his latest episode was episode 301. My God, I can't even imagine doing 301 episodes. I I, I won't. I mean it's not it's not that I can't imagine it it just won't it won't happen um and uh that was released yesterday on Sunday uh and it was the Sunday shit show and the topics were uh, content thieves which uh was very interesting a very interesting thing and uh if you're not a content creator you may not get it but if you are and you put any sort of time into your product then you absolutely will understand Of course, the uh, feature that I love, my week on the internet, always fun to hear Darren's interactions with some of the people out there. And it's funny, it's almost like a routine now between him and the uh, Red Wings fans uh, from yesteryear. But I don't want to give too much away. Definitely go check that out. Um, Also, Darren has a YouTube channel, the Fourth Line Voice YouTube channel. And honestly, if you've ever watched a hockey fight on YouTube, Chances are it's the 4th Line Voice YouTube channel. So uh, if you're not already a subscriber, definitely subscribe to that uh, YouTube channel. There we go. Easy for me to say. And the big news in the Hockey Fight podcasting world is the addition of the 5 for Fighting podcast to the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, Big things happening for Alec. Uh, I think he said it or, or Darren said it. Uh, you know, it wasn't that long ago where Alec had packed it in. He'd had enough of battling the East coast hockey league and flow sports. And now big things happening for the kid. And I'm really, really happy for him. Um, he's got a, a deal with the hit club hockey for merchandise. Uh, now he's part of the hockey podcast network. That is awesome. So, uh, so big congratulations, Alec. I'm really proud of you. I'm really happy for you that, uh, they added you to the network and, uh, I wish you all the best. And uh, just keep putting out great content so uh so congratulations on that uh his latest episode was the clash of the coast breakdown with john from the hockey fight league and um and and just keep an eye on the five for fighting podcast because i think uh he's thinking about branching out a little bit maybe uh expanding uh into uh more of an east coast hockey league show not in any way getting rid of the uh the fighting aspect but um maybe something that would appeal more to East Coast Hockey League fans without losing his core fan base which I think is which I think is very exciting and and I don't think it's something that's very easy so so I give him a ton of credit that he's trying to uh, to build a broader audience but you know good for him and uh, and best of luck Alec uh I am a game used collector I love game used items, hockey stuff from, uh, Islanders and door Deeks and really anyone that fights, but more specifically from those two teams. So, um, so if you have anything that you're thinking about getting rid of, especially related to those two teams and their affiliates, um, you know, shoot me a message, uh, either on uh, social media or for friends and we have each other's phone numbers, just shoot me a text, give me a call, whatever, um. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's a passion of mine and I think right now I'm one stick shy of 150, which is a far cry from the high that I had, uh, in the early two thousands when I collected anyone who fought and I had over 600 sticks, but, uh, life happens and some of that had to be liquidated. So I'm trying to rebuild now and uh, I think last count, I had 149 sticks. So, um, you know, just let me know and uh and maybe we can work something out. I do wanna say something before we get to part two of the Ross Olson show, Ross Olson podcast. Uh as you heard in part one and as you'll hear in part two, uh Ross and I are on the same page as far as uh old time hockey. Uh Ross gets that from his father and uh and as I said in the interview, I'm sure his dad and I would get along famously. And um But one of the things that I find very unfortunate is the way the game is going now, uh, not just with the -the on-the-ice product, but now, um, recently, there have been two coaching changes in the league, and and it's it's just, like, I don't know what to say anymore. So, Daryl Sutter got fired by Calgary, and this was after they fired their GM Brad tree living. So you kind of figured, well, they're gonna they got rid of tree living, so they'll keep Sutter. And now nothing's saying that a new GM isn't going to want to have his own coach in there. That's usually what happens. Um But Don Maloney had a press conference and he basically he basically laid it out and said he doesn't want it to give the appearance that the inmates are running the asylum. And then he basically listed off a bunch of things that will give you that exact impression. The inmates are running the asylum. And then a report later came out that uh, once Daryl Sutter got fired, several Flame players rescinded their trade requests. Okay. So it's obvious the players weren't happy there. Uh, Recently, Gerard Gallant, a couple days ago, was fired by the Rangers. And, you know, like I... (sighs) I think the the new age players and the way that they need to be coddled and the way that they need to be fluffed up and that they can't be yelled at and they can't be held accountable, um, I, I don't like the direction this game is going at all. Uh, and, you know, and I'm not saying that a coach should be allowed to be abusive, but I do think that, um, you know, you could say it's tough love in a way. Um, but again, I'm not in the locker room. But it just like in Calgary, where you had multiple players request a trade. Like, is this is this sort of like mutiny on the bounty here, where you're all gonna go to Don Maloney and say, "Well, if if Daryl comes back, we're not." And then um, here in New York with Gallant, like, and and listen, I've said this, I said this last year. I think that uh, Barry Trotz, not being the coach of the Islanders anymore, has a lot to do with Matt Barzell. And I know people think I'm an asshole for saying that, but i that's what I think, and nothing will change my mind. I think the fact that these soft players have so much say now in coaching, it's not going to end well. You're going to have these organizations that have two three, four head coaches on the payroll because every coach you fire you have to hire a new one, and I think in Calgary's case, I think Daryl Sutter has two years left on his contract, so it's incredible and 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 you think about uh Winnipeg, they got ousted in the first round, and Rick bonus in the uh after the game he just laid into his players, and I'm one of those who thinks what happens in the room should stay in the room but my gut tells me that everything Rick Bonus laid out there has been said ad nauseum in the locker room to those players and what i saw there was a was a coach that was so frustrated that his message was not being received to the players and what was one of his biggest complaints no pushback no pushback it it just it, the, there's this common Theme across the league now, where the players are just soft, and it, it used to just be their style of play on the ice, and now it obviously is extending into the locker room, where if you don't have a, a a coach that coddles them and and gives them their binkies and all this other stuff, well, well, we're going to complain, and then you're going to get fired, and I I I just I I think that's so sad. Like think about the great coaches of the past. And you wonder how many of them would we have, would hockey history have if the players were like this 20, 30, 40 years ago, 50 years ago? Would we have these historic coaches if they hurt someone's feelings? I I just don't get it. You know, the, the average person that works a job doesn't have that option. If their boss is an asshole, or if they think their boss is mean, well, you have the option to try to find another job. Uh, you know, it's, it just doesn't make sense to me. It It's really sad. Actually. It it just, to me, it's, it's further deteriorating the game that I was raised on and the game that I love. And it, it just, I, I actually am sitting here right now and I can't believe that John Tortorella still has a job. And I love John Tortorella. I hope that, uh, I hope that he keeps his job for a long time because the way the league's going now, I mean, you're going to have a head coach an assistant coach, and then a social worker on the bench. And every time a player gets yelled at by the coach, then he can go sit by the social worker and the social worker can rub his head and tell him that everything's going to be okay. Um, I I think it's, I, I think it's so fucking sad, but Anyway, that's just my two cents on this uh, situation that's developing with the uh, coaches in hockey and uh it, it to me like I said it's just another part of this disturbing trend, this downward spiral of the game. And again, I mean if you're the NHL, you're looking at it where the game has never been more profitable. Um, so, and, and the NHL has always been really good at alienating their core fans anyway. So they're, they don't care about someone like myself. They're worried about the guy in Idaho that thinks that um, Austin Matthews has sick chirps. When he looks at the back of a guy's Jersey, say, pretending he doesn't know who he is. So That's the, that's what the NHL is worried about. Not someone like myself. They've always been at the forefront of alienating their core fans. Um, so this is just more, more of the same, and it's going to trickle down to the minors and it's going to trickle down to juniors. And, you know, it just, to me is Gerard Gallant mean because they get players like Tarasenko and Patrick Kane, and you have, a um. NARS trophy defenseman in Adam Fox and a Vezina trophy goalie in Chesterkin. And is it really Gerard Gallant's job to motivate these grown men who've won championships and trophies to not to, to show up for a game seven against New Jersey? Are you kidding me? And then if he's pissed after the game, that's, that's on Gerard Gallant because this team that did with the astronomical payroll and all these rings and these trophies, they can't get motivated for a game seven against an alleged rival. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, well, well, anyway, there you go. That's my two cents. Um, You guys are here to listen to part two of Ross Olson and uh, Ross again, was a great guest. And, and this part is uh ninety nine percent of his pro career we touched slightly on it at the end of part one, but if you're here because you liked him in worcester or um or orlando this year, this is the episode that uh, that you'll want to listen to so um that's about it for me everybody you people out there enjoy part two with my man ross Olson. All right, so now I want to talk about Turks for a second. Now you yep. you played you played USHL physical game, played college pretty dirty game. Turks has to be the first guy that you was you were a teammate with where he had that mentality. He had like the Tony Twist mentality where he's there. He's, he just, he's focused, you know, hitting the heavy bag. Like you say, you oh. wanted to teach him some things, didn't really care. He's a hundred percent focused on his job. And yep. that had to be the first guy that you really were a teammate with that had that mentality. Yeah. I mean, like you
1: were talking about hitting the heavy bag. This guy yeah. would be instead of, so we would, uh, we would skate in the morning, like pre game skate. He would come off and do twenty minutes of heavy bag work with his boxing gloves, mm-hmm. and I remember I would go in and I would be rolling out or whatever it is stretching before I would jump in the shower, and he's he's in there getting an absolute workout in, mm-hmm. um, whether it's with the weights or with um, on the bike. Like he was an absolute freak in nature, like yeah. probably the most in shape guy that I've ever played with.
0: Yeah, he's scary. He is. And he's, he's in one shape. of. The,
1: and he's one of the nicest guys too. Yep. Off the ice, like I saw him when he was in Adirondack. He ended up making the trip to Orlando. Yeah. And I was talking to him after the game, and like, he's the nicest guy of all time.
0: Um, how were his DJ skills, though?
1: It was a lot of uh, a lot of French,
0: a lot of French stuff. Yeah, I don't so, think
1: I, it's not my cup of tea. No, like he he's probably good up in. Up in Quebec. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know he we we uh, had him at a bar actually one time mm-hmm. and he was DJing and I don't think many people liked it. Like I liked <laughs> it it was Turks. I wasn't yeah. gonna tell him I didn't like it. Exactly. I he beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but he it was all he, he was he was the best. Like he was actually my roommate my my first full years so my first full years of uh in Worcester. Mm-hmm. It was me, him, Drew Callen. Yep. And he would be in, in his room, like being a, doing DJ stuff, and yep. like and we're, we're like, like, dude, shut up,
0: <laughs> shut up.
1: Did and he's uh, like, what? Yeah. And he, had, he would have the he would have the headphones on, like you. Yeah. And he'd be mm-hmm. like,
0: what? <laughs> we're like, shut the hell up. Did uh, Did you ever see him snap on the ice? That someone really piss him off? Where you saw him lose his shit? Where you're like, oh god. Um. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Malind- yeah, he chased down Malindi one game. Yeah,
1: he went from our, our like where he was supposed to be like top of the circle, yeah, in our zone, and he chased Melindy all the way down the other end, mm-hmm. and luck and like they didn't fight, but like he chased him, like he hit his gloves off by the red line. Is that right? And all of a sudden, you just see the linesman chasing him. I'm like, I'm on the bench, and I'm like,
0: <laughs> like what the
1: what the hell's going on here? Yeah. But yeah, that was that was crazy.
0: Now, for someone like you where that is a is a part of your game. Was it sort of not a comfort, but it was good to know that you didn't have to go after the heavyweights yeah. on the team because you could kind of go for the secondary guy. Like obviously if something goes down, yeah. you're going to jump in. But if if he if there is a super heavyweight on the other side. Yeah. You Turk know has. the he, he's Turks guy.
1: Yeah. And then I mean, you gotta think you also have Mike Cornell, who yeah. he's the second toughest.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. He might
1: he would go toe to toe I think with Turks, to be honest. Oh
0: absolutely, I think so.
1: Yeah, absolutely. like so I wasn't even the second toughest on the team. And then so like it, then there's like like me, Connor Doherty, mm-hmm. um like there was guys like that, like Kyle Thomas, uh, my my rookie year, like he was he was a nail gun too, so like mm-hmm. Honestly, it was a pretty tough team, but it was so nice having a guy like Turks and Corny on the team. Yeah, where you we weren't the I wasn't the guy, right?
0: Well, the reason why I brought up Turks more than Corny was because he's a defenseman, right? So he's got to he's got to be more selective in a way. You right. know, yep. so as far as the forwards go, if shit's going sideways and there's like a maniac on the other side, you know, okay, chances are Turk's going to get this guy.
1: Yeah, Turk is jumping the boards and yeah. he's going to go out next. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: Uh Speaking of Corny, uh, he mentioned to me that he remembered that, was your first practice with Worcester the day after the rookie party? Yeah. <laughs> it was <laughs> so, awesome. So tell me about that. So I'm going in into the Worcester
1: Ice Center, so it was normal rink for me like that's where i played college games mm-hmm. and all these guys are coming in hung over <laughs> they got their glasses on and i'm pumped i'm yeah. like this is awesome like i'm finally get, i'm finally getting a chance so like let's make everything and all of a sudden i'm just like just minding my own business in the corner blah 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 and and we get off of practice and i'm we're going through practice and i look and there's this guy barnes
0: Yes, he meant he t- didn't tell me what, but he said mention Tyler Barnes.
1: Oh my gosh, he's Tyler Barnes is in the back of the line, continuing to be in the back of the line. He has a hoodie like this on and his glasses on. <laughs> like he has like you're like like glasses like you Yeah, yeah. on. And I like I'm like finishing, boom, shoot it, stop at the net, go to the corner. And he looks at me and goes, Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't do a thing in practice. I was like, this is awesome. This is absolutely insane. You know, I was like, no way. Uh-huh. And and I found, and I didn't find out until like halfway through practice that it was the first practice after rookie party. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, this is perfect. I look way better than I actually am. I'm going to be <laughs> able to fool the, the coaches. And you know what? It worked. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it was hilarious. And Go ahead. And, uh, and and like Corny was like the first guy I talked to after practice. and as you know, like one of the nicest guys. Yeah.
0: And the thing I like about Corny, obviously I like when he fights,
1: mm-hmm. but when
0: he lines a guy up, I mean, oh. his, he hits like a train and it, it's unfortunate that people that only follow the NHL have no idea that, that they should go and like YouTube, this guy's hits because yes. he just, like he murders. It's like a yeah. Cronwall hit. It's unbelievable. It's unreal. Mm.
1: And then you get, a, he's, it, honestly, like I don't want to say it's like me, but like on the ice, like we, our f- switches flip, yeah, and then off the ice, like pretty nice, like really nice guy.
0: Yeah, that that generally seems to be how it goes. The physical yeah. guys are, are the nicer guys, the classier guys. I mean, that's been my experience all these years, yeah. so it's no surprise there. But yeah, he's he's amazing, and and that's like I say, I most guys, I think I'd rather see fight. I think I'd rather see him just line a guy up and just take the life out of him. Yeah. So, because like a forward so with his head, a forward with his head down. Oh my God! That would Coming be up the left wing. Yeah. Oh, the hair's standing up on the back of my neck now. <laughs> so you mentioned your debut. Yep. Uh, you were an assist shy of the Gordie Howe hat trick and uh, playing Norfolk. Mm-hmm. Do you? Re- let's start with the goal. Do you remember your first pro goal? I do. Tell me about it.
1: It was uh, Tommy Kelly. Tommy Kelly. Went to BU, mass guy. Um, it was like a two-on-two, two and he was dry. He had the puck, so I assumed that I would cut behind him because mm-hmm. he was ahead of me. So he went in, dropped it, split the two guys, so gave me a little space, and I went uh, low blocker um, and scored. And it, I think it made it like a seven or 6-2 game, 6-3 game, so wasn't a big goal, but, hey, it was a goal.
0: You had to be thinking,
1: I can do this. This is easy. Yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> is, it, is it this easy? I can do this every game. No. <laughs> I'll be in the NHL next week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll be up in Bridgeport and then, and then in the island in no time. <laughs> like, everyone, everyone's saying this is hard. What yeah. are we talking about?
0: Uh, you you uh, ended up uh, meeting up with Daniel Maggio. Yeah. I think you got a major, and, and I think you met up with him again, but you didn't get a major this second. Tell me about uh, picking on Daniel Maggio.
1: So, I had no idea. Didn't check the stat pack. Had no idea who this guy was. Yeah, and so Matty Gaudreau. I was playing with him. I was like the tenth forward, so I was going through lines. And mm-hmm. this one time, I was with uh, with Gaudreau, and he he was behind the net, and Maggio went up and cross checked him. Mm. So me being me, I was just like, "Hey," like t- went up to him. Was like, <laughs> "What the fuck's that all about?" And he's like, "We're going." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> like his gloves were off before i even said what yeah so luckily i had him he was on the glass so i was able to kind of keep him on the glass a little bit mm-hmm. and really like so we couldn't like really cock back yeah so that saved me a little bit like i held my own like we and then the refs came in we were tied up yeah refs came in and then later in the game after i'd scored my first goal
0: yeah
1: um he was he tried to line me up, I was left wing, he was trying to line me up, Mm -hmm. and I, like, kind of counter hit him, and he was not happy, so I counter hit him, went went for the puck, counter hit him, had, like, a Mm two-on-one, and then had a chance in the net, and then there's, I think it was, like, 11 seconds left, to be honest, I don't know why I remember this, Mm -hmm. but, like, 11 seconds, give or take, and all of a sudden, I'm on the ground, he comes in with the hardest cross check of all time, right to my back, and he just starts punching me. I'm
0: like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on? Yeah.
1: And then there was almost a goalie fight. Yeah, there was same, same it was
0: a five-on-five, five, right? And then it was yep. almost six-on-six. Six.
1: Yep, yep. A Turk there was out there, but, wasn't he? Yeah, there wasn't a goalie fight, though, luckily, okay. because uh, that Woj, Wojtala kid came in Yeah. in relief because uh, Budenheis got hurt. Okay. So if he had, um, weird rule, so if he had fought, then he would have been kicked out. Yeah. We would have had to dress somebody within five minutes in goalie gear. We couldn't have just pulled the goalie. Yeah, yeah. Had to dress somebody in goalie gear, I guess, and put him in. Yeah. So luckily Jeez. he didn't fight. That was his first game ever, so he got his first win when I got my first. So this is the – Wojtala, that was the guy that was at Salve. Yeah, yeah. So it all came full circle. Mm-hmm. So – we.
0: Go ahead. I keep stepping on you. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Yeah. That
1: that I got my first goal. He got his first win that night.
0: So it's pretty cool. Two D3 guys. And now you you go from the frying pan into the fire, your second fight against uh Boko and Mama. Another oh. pretty tough guy there.
1: Another tough guy. So <laughs> he I remember my buddy from Endicott was coming to the game. He's like, You you gonna get in a fight? And I'm like, Yeah, sure, like I'll try. Yeah. Like I'll see what happens And he was like, Well there's this guy, Boko and Mama, he's he looks scary. I'm like, Yeah he does, but whatever, it is what it is, like we'll see. Yeah. So he snows either Wojtal or Budenheist, He snows our goalie. No one, and I'm, like, right there. No one on the ice is really going to do anything. So I, like, I'm, like, cross-check him. And he's, yeah. like, what are you going to do? And before he could say that, anything, yeah. I had my gloves off. I was, like, I'm not letting my, like, I'm not <laughs> letting this guy get get to me first. Yeah. So we're, like, right at the net at the goal line. And I have, and I, boom, I have my gloves off. And I get them, like, twice. And then he does something. I don't know how. My head, my jersey, he has my jersey like this, mm. so I can't see anything. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I'm just like, I'm like putting my head down, and I'm like jabbing, and he just starts luckily just hitting my helmet. Yeah. And then the refs come in because they see my jersey over the head. Right, right. And I was like, thank God.
0: <laughs> but so then after that, I started looking at the stats. <laughs> I was going to say, at what point do you start, you know? Well, now you played. You played the seven games. Yep. I, I think I know the answer to this. Tell me which game is dirtier, college or pro? I think college. That's the answer everyone says. Yeah. Because you have a, you have twenty gladiators with the cages.
1: Yeah, I'm getting slashed on the wrist every game when I play Wentworth <laughs> and Suffolk. Yeah. <laughs> in a small ass rink the size of this apartment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because there's no accountability.
1: Right,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I that's the answer. The question I ask all the college guys, and and I don't think anyone has said pro yet. So, no. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Um. So obviously, I would think those seven games, you had to make an impression with the brass in Worcester. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so going into the next season, was your role with the team ever discussed, or was it they kind of saw what you could do and they just basically left you to your own devices? Um, I, I, was, when I, I remember when I signed, uh,
1: with Jamie Russell, he's a great guy. Like he helped, he gave me an opportunity to play in pro and like, I appreciate that. Like that's all I could ask for was a chance, right? Like if you get, if you're given a chance, like I'm sick and tired of people always like, Oh, I need this, need this. Like you, if you get five minutes of ice, you better play the best damn five minutes of, of your life. Right. So like, that's what i like when I'm, when I'm a coach, like, that's what I'm, i always say is, "Hey, I'm going to give you the opportunity, and you better. And if you want, and if you want it, you better run with it." Mm-hmm. And, and he gave me the opportunity, and I appreciate everything that he did. And, um, and he was he was great for, great to me. But he did tell me, like in the summary, he's like, "Hey, like let's work on your fighting, and like like you have skill, like so keep working on that, but like work on your skating, work on like your stability while fighting." Mm-hmm. And so I ended up going to a boxing gym that going into my first full year, mm-hmm. and it was just like a normal title one boxing where i was in like a class cuz i wasn't going to drop 200 bucks a, a session right i, I was going to pay 300 for the whole summer right and get a really good workout in and um and, and and it did help but the the thing that it's tough like you can box as much as you want you can have the best quicks hands but if you can't be stable on your on your skates yep. like if you that's where you got to train you got to almost train fighting on the ice which is crazy yeah uh, but it's it's a different beast but mm-hmm. Like you can stand a stability ball all you want, but it's not the same. So,
0: and and going through that, I guess obviously you respected a guy like Turks before that, but going through that, yep. it had it just like it. Like we say, it's a different animal. Like yeah, going being being taking that training and learning boxing and seeing what he does, it just has yep. to open up so much more respect.
1: Oh yeah, a hundred percent. Because this guy would his hands were always beat up after fights and. It was crazy.
0: I, um, you know, Worcester, they'd always have the um, the sale at the end of the year where they'd sell yep. the, the equipment. So this guy bought Turk's gloves and he put them on eBay. And uh, I think he put them on eBay or he put them on like Facebook Marketplace. And yep. I bought them. And he's like, you're going to love it. He goes, this blood stain's all on the right-hand glove. Because when he put his hand back in there after getting it beat up, there was, yep. a, you could see the blood stains in the gloves.
1: That's so funny.
0: So, yeah, so I have his DNA here. <laughs> I can make my own Turk if I want. <laughs> are you gonna you gonna do that? I might. I don't know. My son is an engineer. Well, he's gonna be an engineer. Uh, maybe he could help me. We can make our own Turk.
1: So he's smart.
0: Yeah, the, both my kids are smart. I don't know where that happened, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. My I, I'll tell you this: when we started going to colleges, doing the college tours, yep. um, we would look and my wife and I would look at a room that looked like something out of like a sci-fi movie. And we were like, what the fuck is this? And my son's eyes just lit up and we were like, he knows what it is. We don't have to know what it is. So, uh, (laughs) so we're, we're blessed. We got two really bright kids and they're two good kids. So that's awesome. um, Yeah. So me, I'll let you know how that goes. If I make my own Turk. Yeah. Keep me posted, but I'm going to definitely have him. He's not going to DJ club music. It'll definitely be rock. So, so
1: he's going to be Turk, but no DJ.
0: You could be a DJ, but not not club music, just like rock okay. music
1: and stuff. You know, that's fair. Good stuff. That's that is good stuff.
0: Yeah. So all right. So you mentioned him a few times, Drew Callan. Yeah. Uh, Worcester was great, and we'll get into McGuire later about the videos that they would put out. But you and Drew put out some really funny videos, and you could you know you can tell if whether they just said, "Hey, hey, Oli, and whatever, come here. We're going to do this video." Or if you get two guys who are very close. And you yeah. could kind of tell even in the videos that you guys were buddies. Yeah. Uh, tell me about uh, – I, I don't know much about Drew. Tell me about him. Yeah, I mean, he's he came
1: in the same time I came in. Mm-hmm. Um, right after school, he, he came from Bentley. and uh, There's a guy at Endicott, Dan Kusarovi, that played with him at Bentley, actually. Mm-hmm. So we had a mutual friend. So when he got in, a lot of a lot of people were probably like, oh, like that's the guy I'm going against. But it, I was like, oh, like, this is the guy that – I know he's a good guy. Like so, I, I got to talk to him, and he he was a he's a quiet kid. But like, once he gets out of his shell, like I think he's I think he's so funny. Like, I love love being around him. And he he had an he had a pretty good year this year in Springfield and played there all year. He deserves everything. Like, really good player. Like, good centerman. wind straws, Like, uh, but a great guy in the locker room. Great guy on the golf course. Like, you'd love to get beers with him. Type guy. So like one of those guys and I would run through an absolute brick wall for him. So
0: I would recommend anyone listening to go on YouTube and check out some of the videos that Ross did with drew. Some of them are really fucking funny.
1: Hilarious. They're stuff. really, really good. The, the re-signing one.
0: Yes. Yes. The Brothers, mm-hmm. Yes. That's that. I think is the best one.
1: Yeah. Hilarious.
0: That's, that's absolutely the best one. Well, I so. mean,
1: him, the two of us and Cam McGuire were three peas in a pod. Well, yes yeah, we were so, always together.
0: So you talk talk about the work you did with Camp Camp. And I don't know if all the teams have a guy like him.
1: No, but, not not like him,
0: right? Because he was so good at that stuff, and you could tell he loved he loved. And I say loved because he's not with the team anymore. I think he yep. moved on. He's on um, he's in Idaho right now. Right, okay. And it just was like when you get someone like that who yep. loves what they do. Yep. It, it, it was you guys had such great chemistry together. His videos were unbelievable.
1: It, he's unreal, like, he comes up, he'll come up with something, like, the three of us would be in a room, and he'd be like, alright, we need to do, we need to think of something for for you guys re-signing, right, like, mm-hmm. that. just, let's just do that, and he's like, I have an idea about, like, maybe Step Brothers," and then, like, Cal and I would just run with it, and, like, we would say something, and he's like, okay, yeah, that would work, that would work. Mm-hmm. So, like, the three of us would just start, like, collaborating, and just come up with something so good, mm-hmm. but he was so hands-on, and, like, he, like you said, like, he had a, he had an energy that, like, spread through the room, like, like, he was invested in, he had so many, he he wore a lot of hats, like, yeah. he would wear a lot of hats, when like, just in any coach, organization, yeah. right? So, I could tell when he was all stressed out, like, usually before games, and we, we would have, like, the tickets, so, like, every time he would have the tickets, and he'd come down, and uh I'd be like, Cam, there's not enough tickets, he's like, Shut the fuck up. I'm like, no, no, we need more tickets. He's like, why? I just brought down 50. I was like, well, I need 40 for my family. So he's like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) He's like, leave leave me alone. I I got a busy day, all right? I'm like, all right, man, I'm sorry. I was was like, I'm just messing around with you. He's like, oh. But like that was like the relationship we had. And then there was another one that we, uh, I think it was me, him, Cal, and Bo Brower. And Nick Pierog, actually, the five of us. And we were heating up hockey sticks, like mini hockey sticks. Um and you, you'll have to go watch that one. That one's the, pl- a good one the too. plastic
0: mini hockey sticks? Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. Plastic mini- we were heating those up over the uh, over the up uh, over the stove top.
0: Okay. So
1: I'll, I'll look fun. for that
0: one. I'll definitely look for that one. So this year, your your first full year, you actually led the team with eight fights. Uh you also led the team with three game winning goals. Uh, you're not a one trick pony um did you feel like you know you had to go in and sort of establish yourself uh you know to know that you know guys Turk's not going to play every game and yep. there's going to be certain games where you're going to be the the top tough forward out there so did yep. you kind of feel like you had to go in and establish yourself a little bit
1: yeah I mean this year like like kind of what I talked about with the with Russell, right? Or are you saying this year or the year before? Your first year in
0: Worcester, not not the seven games, the first full year. Oh no, Turks was still there, right? But he's not going to play every game. Oh, so right, right. There's going to be games where he's either hurt, suspended, or scratched. Yeah, where you're going to end up playing more games than him.
1: Yeah, and I they're... ended up
0: playing. I think 41 that year. 40? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he had. Uh, according to me, you had 51. Hey. Oh, 51. Okay. Yeah, and I think he only played 30 something. Okay. Yeah. So you hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I right. That. So there are going to be nights where you're the top gun at forward. Yeah. So yeah. did you almost feel like you had to sort of make a name for yourself?
1: Yes and no. I mean, like the being in the North Division, it's completely different from being in the Central or the South or right. the Mountain. Mm. So that was a completely different beast. Like it was. It. I don't want to say there wasn't the tough guys, but it was like guys that could play the game, like there wasn't any guys running around like an Uber or how, you know what I mean? Like there's those, a
0: difference. Yeah. There's a there's definite a difference,
1: big difference. So like you could still play the game, but you could play hard and like not have to fight every night. Right. Which was nice about being in the North. So mm-hmm. uh, like that, and that was one thing that Russell always told, said was, Hey, like make sure you still play the game. Like you can play the game. And then when Conniff came in, like he said the same thing that uh, he was like, you don't have to fight so much. Like, mm-hmm. You have skill, so use it around the net. Honestly, David Conniff was such a huge help for me, um, working from the top of the circles down, mm-hmm. and he was such a good, another great development coach that I learned so much from, and uh, and I still use like some stuff that he does nowadays um, with with uh, the guys that I work with.
0: So I th- this is the um, when did you become a power play specialist with was Conniff it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. At the end of the year with Connie. Yeah. He kind of was like, you know what? Like, I think you could be good in front. Mm-hmm. He taught me everything I knew. Yeah. And that was kind of took it, and I took it from there.
0: Mm-hmm. Um. So this year, the only fight that I saw of yours on video was a good scrap. It was round one against uh, Hodgson of Reading. Yep. Uh, so that was a good fight, but you had seven more. Um, I'll draw out some names, just if anything, if there's any good stories about them, I got uh, Giorgio Estefan from Newfoundland, uh, Verplaced Adirondack, Alexander Carrier Adirondack, Jake Hamilton, Jacksonville, Cockrell of Reading, Sean Day of Maine, and then you had the rematch with Hodgson. So the Hodgson
1: fight, I'll, I won't forget that one, because so he hit Cal mm-hmm. uh, right near our bench, mm-hmm. And Cal had his back turned to him, and he, he didn't have a fight. And he was talking to me recently about getting a fight. And I'm like, yeah, 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 we'll find a guy for you. And he turned. I was on the ice with him. He turned and was like, all right, let's go. And I, like, stepped in. Yeah. I was like, you are not fighting Hodgson. He's a lefty. Like, I know that he's a lefty. I was like, I'm not going to have you fight him. Mm-hmm. So I ended up stepping in, fighting. And like, like you said, it was a good fight. Like, he threw a couple. I threw some. And then nothing bad happened. Nothing crazy happened. But I was like... And he, I remember, he was so mad at me for a couple for like the next week. He's like, "I would have had him." I'm like, "I was like, I can't let you fight a lefty man like that. I can't." Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so the the Estefan one was, uh, we were to lose losing, I think four two or five two, and we were playing Newfoundland the next game. Mm-hmm. Next game, and uh, he slashed me. And I remember the bench slash coach saying, "Hey, like, let's send a message. Mm-hmm. Not send a message, but hey, like." We play him tomorrow, like, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, he slashed me, and I just turned, and I turned. I was, sk- I was skating this way, and he slashed me from this way. Yeah. So, he had to come through me, so I just turned, had my gloves, and I hit him three times. And then, the other one was the Verplast one that I remembered. Yeah. That This one was funny. We were in Adirondack. I scored a goal um, I was I was actually asking him to fight the whole shift. Mm. I was like, "Let's fight, let's fight." And I'm like, "He's like, no, you're not worth it. You're a bomb, blah blah blah." <laughs> so then I end up scoring, and yeah. he's right behind me. Yeah, and I like, tip it in. I turn. And I see it go in. I go, and I just go,
0: "Yeah, fuck <laughs> you!"
1: And he drops his gloves and starts throwing. <laughs> so so I and then of course like I'm late to the party again, yeah. and, <laughs> I, and I had to start throwing, but. It was so funny. Like those are the ones that I those are the ones that I remember. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the other ones. The other what? ones weren't nothing crazy. I, I remember Hamilton was like, "Hey, can you give me one?" I was like, mm. "Yeah, sure."
0: Yeah, yeah. Because he was a D three guy as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to take care of each other out there. Yep. you know that you. Uh, Worcester and Adirondack played some pretty heated games. A lot of times the rivalries are geographical, and Worcester yep. and Adirondack are nowhere near each other. But for some reason, eh, two and a half. Is that all it is? Yeah, two, maybe two. Because I'm thinking of me going to Glens Falls from here, and yep. me going to Worcester from here. So it, from my geography, it doesn't seem so close because it's almost yes. four hours here, and it's almost three hours the other way. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was that close from yeah. one to the other. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was like two, two and a half. Oh, okay. Look, I, now you are smart. You're teaching me. Yep, a geography guy too. What go. don't Jeez. I can tell you? That wasn't even a strength of mine. <laughs> wow, you're you're a Renaissance man. Okay, so then <laughs> tell me about those games. It always seemed to be pretty violent.
1: Yeah, I mean with for Ver, for Ver, Verplast and uh Carrier, those are two tough guys, so yeah. Like, we it was always like me, Corny and, and uh Turks that would usually get in something with Carrier. I think I fought Carrier twice, two or yeah. three times. Mm-hmm. But like he was another guy, like he was a long long guy, like yeah. long arm, so he was, a, he was always a good fight, but, um, yeah, it, it, I guess, did you see the final two games in Adirondack this year? The place was packed.
0: No, but I know, I, and I really found out about that rivalry when I had interviewed Turks. Like, he said yeah. he loved playing Adirondack, and I, now, he, now he's there. Yeah, so, I love playing Adirondack, yeah. too.
1: But mine was, honestly, more because I had more points. Most, most of my points were against Adirondack.
0: Oh, they had weak goaltending?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Or <laughs> why can't you just say I was a good player? I just want to see how quick you were. You kidding me? I had a good <laughs> shot. Just just testing you. Uh-huh. Hey, uh, obviously, we got to talk about the end of that season. The ECHL cancels the end of the season due to COVID. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, COVID, it, it changed everything for everybody. But you were going along having a pretty good year. And then how did you find out that the season was over?
1: We found out we were just in the uh, in the edge where like the apartments were, um, and we found out because the Canadians were freaking out. They're like, "I don't think I'm going to be able to get back in." And I'm like, "You guys are fine. Don't worry about it. This will this will blow over in a in a in a week, yeah. right? Just like everybody else." Yeah. And then we saw that NBA was canceled, and I was like, "Well, if the NBA is canceled, we're canceled, <laughs> right?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when we knew. And then we had to pack up all our gear right away and just, I mean, head home. Mine was 35 minutes, luckily, but. Still, it was, it was crazy how it ended. Like, I mean, we luckily we weren't in play—not luckily, but we weren't right. in playoffs, so we weren't going on on any runs. Right, right. So, like for for us, like we were like, eh, end of the season. Like, okay, yeah, it is what it is.
0: Mm-hmm. But, uh, and then the next year, Worcester completely opts out. A lot of the teams yeah. opted out. Um, and then, how did you end up with KC? So I was between Kansas City and South Carolina. Okay. And a
1: new South Carolina was a very, very strong team, and they would always have um, – sorry. I'm most... Can you see me still?
0: No. Sorry. It's okay. I mean, I know what you look like. There we go. Okay. Uh, there we go. Okay.
1: So I um, was between Kansas City and uh, Kansas City and South Carolina, and South Carolina was always stacked. And um, Tato Had was there, and Corny knew Tato Had. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, like, Corny likes him, Um, liked him as an assistant in Florida, so I figured I would go down there. um, He said, you'd give me opportunity, and then sucked because I got down there, uh, started camp, and then I got hit with COVID, so I was out for 10 days. So, like, I took a huge step back, and the whole lineup, right, like, I I was playing first, second line on the first power play. And then that happened, and then everyone was able to kind of get in before me and play games because I wasn't able to play any games, and that kind of sucked. But it was, it is what it is. And mm-hmm. um, but then I played—I don't even know—seven games, six games there.
0: Six games. You had six, six. games, two points, uh, two fights.
1: Yep. yep. Uh, Jacob so, Graves. Yep. I think that I fought him three times—twice this year and once there, right?
0: You fought him twice in with uh, KC. Yeah, oh. Yeah. I
1: fought him twice this year too.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So so you guys are buddies? Yeah, we're buddies. <laughs> he plays a hard game. He's yeah. a guy
1: that you don't want to play against, but you'd love to have on the team, I'm sure.
0: So now, how did um so some people like I had covid a couple of times. The first yep. time it kicked my ass. Second time, it was like a cold. Yeah. Um so this time in KC when you had it, did it was it really bad and then it you just couldn't get back in the lineup? no like
1: it actually i didn't feel bad at all maybe like one day mm-hmm. so i got a call and they're like yeah you have covid i'm like no i don't i was like i feel good <laughs> i like yeah you have covid i was like okay well this sucks mm-hmm. so i felt fine and then so i maybe one day i didn't feel feel that well but mm-hmm. for the most part like um like i felt fine but being off the ice for 10 days after training all summer for it, like 10 days off, off the ice is is so long. Yeah. So then you get back on and my first game back was my first day. I was cleared. So I did pregame skate um, and then found out I was playing and played seven minutes. And I thought I, it was the hardest seven minutes of my life. Yeah. Because I was like, uh, uh, and, and not like I was, and I was working out every day, like doing body weight stuff outside and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, I played seven minutes, scored a goal, scored a goal and played seven minutes, and I was absolutely exhausted. Yeah. But it was crazy how it, it didn't hit me too hard. It was more just like staying in shape hit me hard.
0: And then what happened that you ended up with Indy? Did you get released or I, traded? Yeah, I or? Got,
1: so I got released and then um, ended up, getting picked up by indy because nick pierog was there
0: okay and
1: he spoke for me sorry that's i'm boring
0: i'm boring olson yeah boring boring olson what the hell hell? um and and
1: he uh he spoke for me and i ended up rooming with him and um i was there for two months and played seven games so Mm. yeah i mean that was a crazy year like it was basically the ahl
0: well, that's that's what I wanted to ask you about that season because it was such a disjointed season. First of all, you were probably lucky to even hook on with anybody because I imagine yep. there were a ton of guys looking for jobs. Yep. you know, and and even though you only ended up playing the thirteen games, it, but it had to be such a such an awkward season.
1: It, it was so awkward because then when I got released from India, it was in March mm-hmm. time, and there's some SB teams calling. And I was like. Maybe I'll go, and then I was like, "Well, why would I do that? Like, why don't I just go get home? Like, I played a season. Based, basically, I was there for a full season, mm-hmm. so I, I ended up coming home. And um, I thought, luckily, and you know what? It was it was a good idea for me just to come home and kind of start coaching in the in the summer. Yeah, um, and I was able to make a little more money that way too. Oh, and good. but it was a crazy mm-hmm. year because, like I said, it was like all the AHL guys, like a fringe AHL guys. And the AHL guys were there, so it was it was it
0: was hectic. Was uh, we you know you played with Seti and in Indy? Was Darian Skio there in Indy too? Yep. So you great got to play with I... him. What was uh, what was it like playing with him? He's a tough guy, man.
1: Gr- great, great guy. Yeah, he was a good friend of mine off the ice too. And uh, there was actually like a boxing gym in the so practice rink was attached to the. Uh, I was going to say dorm housing, like the apartments. Yeah. And there was actually a boxing gym in the uh, practice rink. Mm-hmm. So we found this out maybe like two weeks before I was leaving. Like we were there together for maybe a month, month and a half. Yeah. We didn't find out about it until two months left oh. uh, when I got released. And mm-hmm. I was like, but we would go there two, three times a week. And just like, like we, there would be pads there, um, heavy bags, like, we had the keys to get in, so it was awesome. Like we were able to go in there whenever. But like he was a guy that like, go over and hang out with him. Like he's such a good guy. Like, but you didn't want want to cross him on the ice. He would beat the He's the toughest guy I think in the coast.
0: Yeah, he's really tough. It's it's that must have been fun having him and Seti on the team. It's you three on the same team must have been pretty fun. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. Um. Now I mentioned already that you seem to be a pretty confident guy. And I yeah. saw that prior to uh going back to Worcester, uh, you threw out the first pitch at a Bravehearts game. Yep. I know you're confident, but did you have any butterflies in there that you didn't want to like uh you no. know No. No. I you know why? Well
1: I had I, I I had three tall boys before I went out there and I couldn't <laughs> have been any more confident. Okay. That'll always ease the nerves. Well there you go. Okay, that makes I sense. I had three tall boys, so I had two, and then I had another in my hand.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I'm, like, walking down with it, and Cam McGuire's like, what are you doing, Ross? I'm like, what? He's <laughs> like, I'm having a good time. He's like, you can't bring that on the field. I'm like, can I leave it here? He's like, someone might take it. I was like, all right. And I was just like, go, go, go. He's like, Jesus. He's like, Jesus, Ross, you're you're an absolute
0: liability. Like,
1: joking around.
0: <laughs> and ended up
1: going out there just
0: sling it. <laughs> I, I've thrown out a first pitch uh, years ago, at uh, a minor league ballpark in, in Somerset, New Jersey, and I didn't have any tall boys, so I was scared shitless.
1: So I learned that from my uncle. My uncle was big into tall
0: boys. He said, anytime you're nervous, yeah. uh,
1: just have a couple of tall boys. So,
0: Well, I didn't throw a strike, but I didn't bounce it. So that's really all I was worried about. Would you rather throw uh, a bouncer or something all the way over, like throw over his head? I think I'd rather overthrow
1: yeah, hundred yeah, percent.
0: I'd rather overthrow. I did, I, my whole thing was I didn't worry about overthrowing. I just did not want to bounce it.
1: I wanted to get on the mound. I tried to get on the mound and dig in, but they wouldn't let me. <laughs> you can only imagine me.
0: I, well, I can only. Now that I know you a little bit, yes, I could only imagine that must have been more fun than the game.
1: Way more fun. <laughs> Way more fun than the game. I was. I. I forgot the game was going on. I was having a blast.
0: <laughs> All right. All right, so now we go. We're gonna start. You're back in Worcester, and you make a new friend, Chris Ordabadi. Yep. Okay. So Hold I reached, I reached out to Chris. Now you have a story that we talked about. Well, you didn't tell me the story that I want you to talk about, but um, he told me to ask you about the hot dogs in Trois Rivieres. Ooh, <laughs> those
1: are fantastic. Yeah. So. I don't even think it was – I don't think he was scratched. I think he was playing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was me, Rapache and Coughlin. And we were scratched, hurt, whatever it was. So I uh, I was like, you know what, like, it's a Wednesday. We're not playing again until Saturday. And I was like, let's do, uh, two, let's do uh, six dogs, six beers, and three periods. So and they were dollar dogs, and the beers were like two dollars up there. So it's not like we were breaking, breaking the bank, but it was the hardest thing of all time, and it was delicious. Yeah, like until the final, uh, final maybe five minutes of the of the beer, it was like, oh man, now I'm getting full. Yeah, but uh, I I got that from the uh, like at baseball games, like especially at Fenway, like people do nine nine dogs, nine beers, nine innings. Okay. So I was like, you know what? I'll just double it. I'll do like six dogs, six beers, three periods. But the rule was, you weren't allowed to eat or drink during um, the whistles or intermission.
0: Okay. So you had
1: to you had to eat and drink the food or beer while the play was going on. Interesting. Just to, just to keep it keep it light, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. you never want to be scratched or anything. Right. So you got to make it fun. <clears throat> Yeah. i have been scratched a couple times and I was like, you know what? Like, let's just make it fun. Of
0: course. Plus you're in, in Trois Rivieres. So it's Canadian oh. funds.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like monopoly money.
0: It's like, monopoly, that's exactly what I was telling all the Canadians. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I basically got these for free. Yeah.
1: It's not real money. And they're like, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're an idiot. <laughs> and so this was kind of during COVID too. Like they were super strict up there. Yeah. So we were in the hot tub and we had beers like the three of us before mm-hmm. um, in the hot tub and Someone came, or our assistant coach came in and was like, hey, like, I don't care, but the front desk is pissed off that you have a 12-pack and you three are drinking. I was like, oh, but they're cans. Was like, well, that was one thing I said. I was like, no, no, no it's cans. Like, we're good. And they're like, no, 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 like, they don't like that you're drinking in the hot tub. I'm like, oh, all right, so what if I just go right over into the pool? He's like, no, no, like, you have to go to your room. I was like, oh, all right.
0: Uh, oh, man. So, well, tell me – so, when I originally told you I had a story that had to do with food, you so, thought it was Chipotle. So, tell me the Chipotle story. So, we were at the
1: Chipotle in Worcester, and this is where it was like well, – I'm shocked to even tell you this one. I thought this was his favorite one. Okay. But um, at the Chipotle in Worcester, and it, it's like a college, um, college Chipotle, so it's not the best mm-hmm. service or anything. So, I ordered the bowl. Like, I always get wh- white rice – uh, both beans, chicken or steak, mm-hmm. um, guac, lettuce, and then a vinaigrette on top. Okay. And so they didn't have white rice, so I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I'll get brown rice. They yeah. only had one bean, so I'm like, whatever. Like, it is what it is. Like, they're struggling already. <laughs> so then I get there. I get to the meat. Like they had the meat. Like, fine, I'll get the chicken. Um, they don't have any corn salsa. They don't have any guacamole. It's like I'm you're
0: like, not you're not even at
1: Chipotle. I'm not. Yeah, that, exactly. I'm, yeah. And so I'm like, I'm like, you guys couldn't have told me. Like, I was I'm, I'm, in a, I'm I was being a asshole. I was like, yeah. you guys couldn't have told me this. Like at the start of the line, like I wouldn't even have gotten this crap. Right. They're like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, like, are you gonna? Get, can I get like something like a discount or something? They're like, nope. I'm like, oh, like I don't even want this. They're like, well, you you got to have it. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> like i walk at home. Like whatever. I have avocados at home. It's right down the street. Yeah. So I'm like walking out, and I'm like, "All right, that's it, that's it." I'm taking the hot sauce. I take like three hot sauces, and I just like I'm like I'm like staring at the the lady in in the eyes. I'm just like, I'm taking the hot sauces. That's it. And Portal absolutely loves when I say that. But like that was that was the story I thought he was going to say.
0: Okay. Well, I'll let him know. Well, I mm-hmm. won't let him know. I'll make sure he listens. Make sure he listens. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about tell me about playing with him. He's uh, he's definitely someone that I enjoy watching uh, playing. What what is he like in his teammate?
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's a high motor guy, like always going, always going, like high energy, and in, in locker room and, and on the ice, mm-hmm. like he's he's just a he's
0: he's a good guy to
1: have around, and uh, like he he's tough, so it's always nice to have him have him there with you.
0: Uh, so we talked about your double trick already with uh, yep. against Adirondack. You had a rematch with Mas later in that year, but there's no video on that one. How did that one go? That one, that one was in
1: Worcester. Mm-hmm.
0: It was by it was by like the uh, by the bench,
1: and I don't even know what happened, but mm-hmm. I, it was more of like a, a wrestling match. It wasn't okay. anything crazy. Yeah, it wasn't anything crazy.
0: Uh, so we're still in the middle of COVID here this season. And COVID is just taking its toll on the uh, north, the uh, Northeastern American League teams. Yep. And Springfield is hit hard, and Bridgeport is hit hard. Yep. And how did you find out that you're going up to play with Bridgeport?
1: Uh, well, I was grabbing food with Koff, Liam it. Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: we were at this place in Worcester just grabbing some food. He got a call. He's like, "Oh, dude, I'm going up to Bridgeport. I was like, dude, that's unreal. Like, I'm pumped for you. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, my phone starts ringing. I'm like, I look, and I'm like, I show him. I go, you think this is the same? You think this is Bridgeport? <laughs> he's like, I think that might be. He's like, that looks like the same number. I'm like, hello? Yeah. And like, he's talking. Like, Luke, uh, Chris is talking. And he's like, bah, blah, blah, blah. Like, I'll let you know. Like. I was like, "All right, well, sounds good." So, cough was already going, and I was like, "Maybe." Mm-hmm. Like, "All right, sounds good." Like, just let me know. I'll be, I'll be here. I'll be ready to go. I'll be ready to leave tonight if you need me to. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were going to do. So, they called me back in like an hour and a half. It was the longest an hour and a half of all time. I bet. And called me it was like, "Hey, we need you to play this weekend." I'm like, "Oh, sweet! Like, that's awesome! They're like, we're playing Springfield." Mm-hmm. Like okay, sweet, and I heard that some of the guys got called up to Springfield. I'm like, yeah. oh man, this is gonna be crazy. So, <laughs> and I jump in my car. We head off to Bridgeport. The other guys jump in their car. They go to Springfield, right? So we're playing against each other, and like it was, it was so funny. Like mm. just the fact that there was, I don't know, like ten guys probably from that had Worcester ties. Yeah. Um, that were playing in that game maybe even more, mm-hmm. but no, it was pretty. It was pretty cool. Like I, I think I played like five minutes both nights, but I had a blast. Now my parents, parents got to come. My uncle came, so they were pumped.
0: Yeah, but I, and I think you told me that you didn't even get to see your parents though. Like they were because of COVID, you couldn't even see them, right? It was like a quick like, hey, hi, bye. Yeah, but that's great though. I mean, geography wise, it's great that they were able to come see you play your American League games. That's awesome. Yep.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so like after that after that series, like I got sent back down, like not a big deal. And Dennis McCauley, the guy that helped that's from Bill mm-hmm. that helped me get to Worcester, he calls me, he goes, the hell are you doing? I'm like, What? He's like, You have two American League games and you don't even get in a fight? <laughs> I'm like, What? I was like I was like, Well I didn't I, I I didn't know. I was just trying to play. He's like, You can't just play, you gotta you gotta get in a fight. I was like, Well,
0: now I know yeah, I was going to ask you about that. If the, if the, well, here's the thing. So you play in Springfield, and you mentioned there's like half of Worcester is in that game on different teams. Yep. Not that you want to intentionally hurt anyone, but did you ever think I'm going to take a run at, at this guy? Like, again, you're buddy, but it's still it's hockey now. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, of course, like, whatever it's going to take, like, not take
1: a run at them, but, like... Not
0: dirty, you know what I'm saying, like, a hard hit, you know? Yeah, like, Like, like me and Drew Callan
1: would, like, go, like, even in summer skates, like, we would, if we are playing against each other, like, we're, we're playing hard against each other, Mm -hmm. and, like, that's what, that's how I, that's, when, when we, when I play hard against somebody, like, it's not, like, that I hate you, it's, like, I respect you, like, yeah type deal that's how i look at it some people are soft nowadays and think like you hate them but it isn't of course but it was funny like so jordan smotherman was playing in that mm-hmm. game he scored and we had a draw with like 30 seconds left in the ozone mm-hmm. and i line up next to him and like good friend of mine like yeah. the coach there and worcester now yeah And i look at him and i go you want to get the puck and just turn it over to me right in the slot he goes <laughs> Get the hell out of here! I'm like, yeah, all right. I was well, like, "You already played." I go, "You already played your NHL game. You don't need anything else." That's it, right? And he, he's like, "Get the hell out of here!" I was like, yeah, "All right, figure out." To ask.
0: Well, that's that's the other thing I wanted to ask because, like, obviously, like you're playing. Like, listen, if you're playing against your brother, you're going to go after your brother. You're going to hit your brother harder than the right. other guys. But also, because of the circumstance, and you got so many guys in Bridgeport, so many guys in Springfield. Did you find yourself like trying to hold in laughs a lot of the time during the game, like during whistles and stuff? Because this is a guy you played with maybe three days ago, and you're going to play with next week, and now you're on opposite sides in the American League. Uh, not I mean, not you, laugh, but just know, like you, yeah. A well, you smirk, know how you know? I you know how I am. I'm yeah. like, if
1: you're not on my team. You're for the next sixty minutes of game time. Yeah, but but yeah, like I would like whenever like I would start like chirping. Like Small would be like, dude, shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's or what I mean. Shut the hell up. I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Did um what well, now did Hartford have any guys from Worcester on their team? No. Okay. No. Okay. Did uh did you get to keep your jersey from Bridgeport?
1: I didn't.
0: No, they they're very tight with that stuff. That's a Lamarillo rule. So I was hoping you know. that maybe you got it. So I you know
1: how bad I wanted it? I didn't get the Providence one either.
0: Oh shit. That one will be easier to get than the Bridgeport one, trust me. Yeah, make some calls. You'll probably get it. Yeah. Well, you won't get the bridge 401 one. Will sit in the closet for the next thirty years. That's so, what, what
1: Boggsy told me.
0: Yeah, it's forget it. I mean, it's unbelievable. So, uh, so yeah. But I, make some calls to Providence. You never know. Yeah, you never know. I haven't seen it out there. Like I don't know if you could see in the background. I got all my stuff here, but I'm always looking for Olson stuff, and I have never seen one of your jerseys out there. So well,
1: keep. I'm, I'm gonna keep my eyes open.
0: Yeah, I'll let you know if I see anything.
1: I, I luckily got one this year from
0: uh, from Orlando,
1: which is good. That's
0: good. That's nice. With the C,
1: yeah, with the C. There I can't you give you that one. I'm sorry.
0: I'm not asking for it. <laughs> I can't give you that one. I can I can look for something else. Hey, if you send me something, I won't turn it down. But I'm yeah. not asking. It might
1: be from juniors or something, but oh, I don't know.
0: I listen. I I got okay. plenty. I don't have a, I don't have a lot of room here, but I'll make room for an Olsen.
1: I'll, I'll see what I get. I'll see what I have in my basement when I go home next. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. I appreciate that.
0: Um, so now the uh, Bridgeport's over. You're back to Worcester. Um, and, and you don't miss a beat, like honestly. And I think you said like you're just training and stuff. And, and uh, you know, I, I think – could you tell some guys maybe – and again, everyone's COVID situation is different – but you went home, you focused on training. Could you tell maybe some other guys, and I'm not even talking about on your team, I wouldn't ask you that, but other guys maybe didn't take it so serious coming back, like maybe weren't as prepared as you?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, so So that summer, uh, you're talking about summer, yeah? Yeah. So that summer uh, coming in, wait. No, because Bridgeport, I went from Bridgeport to Worcester. Yeah, I'm Worcester. talking about-
0: yeah, Worcester. I'm talking about when the summer before Bridgeport. Oh, you oh really before Bridgeport. F- well, you really focused on your training. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like, so, so coming was, back in, did you? Could you tell a lot of guys maybe weren't as focused as you were?
1: I don't want to say focused, but like I know for a fact that I put in a lot of work that summer, right? Because I was with, I was working out and skating in Worcester mm-hmm. uh, with Charlie Bando, and then skating mm-hmm. uh, with guys like Bobby Butler and. Uh, Drew Callen and George Smotherman, like, those guys, mm-hmm. um, like, the local pro guys, and, like, I was getting skates together, and I was running them um, and everything like that, and uh, I kind of was like, you know what, like, I'm, this is kind of my last, this is my, this would be my year to kind of get an AHL game. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what, I'm kind of give it everything I have here, and, um, like, Smotherman helped me out a lot, Connie helped me out a lot, mm-hmm. um, and then competing with Cal helped me out a lot, too, so, Um, I mean, it was kind of just, you got to put yourself around people that have similar goals as you and and aspirations as you, Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's when you're going to succeed, and like, that's kind of what I did that summer, like, don't get me wrong, we still had fun that summer away from the rink and stuff, but Mm -hmm. we really did dial in, and like, honestly, like, once September hit, like, we really dialed it in and made sure we were ready to go for October, so, um, yeah, like, I thought I had a really good summer that year. Um, and it helped a lot
0: well unlike the uh your junior time where you're going from team to team and it's not really great this year yes. you played on four teams and it w- it seems like it was just getting better and better so yeah um how did you end up in Orlando so I was on a bus trip from Reading back
1: from Reading to Adirondack. Mm-hmm. And we were stopped we stopped at some gas station in, in New York like upstate New York probably or I'm not sure maybe like two hours from Adirondack give or take Uh, and coach coach uh, he pulls me over he's like holy come here I'm like yeah what's up he's like hey we um, we traded you to Orlando and I had I was like kind of like shocked but also like a smile came across my face I was like man it could be worse (laughs) yeah that's kind of what I said Mm -hmm. and he's like I was like any reasons he's like well yeah like we were looking we need a top D man and like you were like the guy that they really wanted. And I'm like, I mean, I get it. It's like a business, but like, I really did love. A, I loved Worcester. Yeah. So it was it was tough. Like I really wanted to stay, and like I loved it there. And uh, like Connie, Connie treated me so well there. And mm-hmm. um, just things didn't end up working out. And um, ended up getting traded to Orlando. Which hey, I could be in way worse spots. Oh yeah. As you saw, like that mm-hmm. setup there is second to none.
0: Yeah, it's pretty nice pretty nice yeah so
1: uh funny so we we got to adirondack i was like all right cam like cam mcguire i was like i'm not playing like tomorrow in the game like do you want to go grab some drinks so i'm like he's like yeah let's let's unpack and like let's go grab some drinks i'm like okay sounds good and because i didn't know when i was going to see cam probably in the summer but yeah i just wanted to kind of shoot the shit with him Mm -hmm. so he um we were we were grabbing some drinks and orlando texted me was like hey we'll call you after the game so i'm like all right sounds good so around like 10:30, we got in at six cam and i went grab food grab some grab some drinks and um i probably had like five or six beers and when they when they called when they called (laughs) me i was like hello hey how you doing they're like uh we got you a flight out of albany at six thirty a.m. and you know how close that is right yes not not close maybe exactly hour 15 yeah
0: what do you say? Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
1: they're like so they're like yeah we have a team uber so just uh just accept it and get an uber i'm like should i get an uber now they're like yeah we have a hotel for you too i'm like okay yeah Yeah. so i do i was like i look at cam i go all right let's get one more and like let's go to the rink and let's go to the rink and let's get an uber i need an uber he's like Jesus, so we walked down to the <laughs> rink, grabbed all my gear, put it all together, and, and come back, and we get an Uber, and I it was, it was, it was a crazy whirlwind of events, and yeah. uh, ended up ended up playing the next day, so mm-hmm. I flew in uh, at 6.30, flew into, where I fly into, Baltimore, went Albany to Baltimore, mm-hmm. Baltimore to Orlando, mm-hmm. so I was like, alright, well, I need to drink water, like a lot <laughs> of water, Yeah, I need to get food, so um whatnot. I was like, uh, I probably won't play. Like they're playing tonight, I probably won't play, right? Right? Like they they have other guys. I get we land in Orlando. I land in Orlando at like two fifteen. Two two fifteen. And I get a text from Tyler Bird, like one of my really good friends now. Yeah. Um and I knew him from like, Hey, here's the lineup. I'm like what? I'm like, okay, like look. I'm playing center on the second line. I'm like (laughs) Like you got to be kidding me! I was like, <laughs> I'm not a centerman. One yeah. <laughs> and two, I'm going to be absolutely exhausted. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, sounds good. So it took me an hour and a half to find an Uber from the Orlando airport to <laughs> the apartments yeah. because it's like a 30 minute trip and nobody wants an Uber there. Right. Because so it took me an hour and a half to find Uber.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Finally, get back and I like I'm like, hey, I need Chipotle. So like. <laughs> I get a ride to. Chipotle. I just get like whatever it is. Like I get, I get a ride there, pick it up, eat real quick, and then go to the rink. Mm-hmm. And I and I remember like that game. I was like, "This is." I'm just going to play as simple as possible. And the coach was like, "You haven't play center? You play center, right?" And I'm like, "Like, yep." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "I'll figure it." I was like, "I'll figure it out." I'm smart. I was like, "I'm smart enough. Like, I'll, I'll figure it out."
0: Yeah.
1: But it was it was crazy how landed got it. Found out I was playing center. I'm like, oh, boy, this is crazy.
0: How are you on face-offs?
1: I think I was like 48, 48% on the year. Fuck, you're unbelievable. Could have been better. Should have been better. I no, would, I but want...
0: you never played before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it. You're in the third best league in the world taking face-offs. You never did it before, and you're 50%. Yeah.
1: That's
0: not too well, bad. Not
1: bad. I'll take it.
0: So how was it playing for Coach Barahowski?
1: It was good. I mean, yeah. I liked I I liked him. Mm-hmm. Um, he might have rubbed guys the wrong way, but I liked him because he he liked a tough, hard game and like people that played hard. And, like that's kind of how I that's kind of how I play. And, yeah. Um. And I and I liked him a lot. He gave, like I said, like he put me on second second uh, second line and playing with some good players and uh, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, it was it was it was different playing center, but it was fun. It was good. I liked playing for him.
0: Uh one of the guys that I met this year down in Orlando was uh Luke Boca. Seemed like a oh, yeah. really really good kid. Uh what's yep. it like playing with him? What kind of a teammate is he? He's uh he's funny. He's yeah.
1: funny. He's uh he'll like, get off. He'll get off like if he has like a bad shift, he'll get off and just go
0: ah!
1: <laughs> Yeah. And and everyone like so like during a rookie party it was like imitative bet. I forget who it was and someone like sits down and just goes <laughs> and everyone like, busted oh, it out. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But like he's, he's he's a good guy. Like, mm. like, on, like same thing. Like honestly, like we had, a, we had some good guys. We had good guys on on and off the ice. But like he was a like, he's a guy like on the ice, like good centerman, like good second third line centerman that'll kill penalties and like and will just give you everything he has every night. Yeah. And like those are the guys you need on your team.
0: Absolutely got I'm trying to school him a little bit in old school MMA we started talking about that a little bit and uh so I gave him a couple of names I want him to yep. watch from back in the day so hopefully he listen hopefully he's a young guy too yeah so we gotta I gotta school him a little bit so what uh what was it like playing with a veteran like Steve Alexi?
1: oh I love Steve is awesome yeah um, I was hoping he's I was I was hoping he was around uh, the whole year but a couple something happened, I don't I don't really know. I didn't really wanna ask. Yeah. But like when he was when he was in the locker room, like I would ask him questions all the time, like mm-hmm. and especially when I came back um this year, he was talking to me, um, and I was like, Oh, he's getting a C for sure, blah 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 or like Sid and he was like, Yeah, like you're gonna be a big leader I'm like, Yeah, whatever, like mm-hmm. you, we have older guys, like I'm not Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not, you know what I mean. Like you, I have Steve Alexi, cap, uh, a capital who wants to stand the Stanley cup, like, right. So, but like he helped me so much in like that that aspect, and like still like I'll reach out to him once in a while, and mm-hmm. like, he's he's doing well. But like he's a great guy, yeah, great great guy.
0: Uh, seven points in ten games, not too bad. Yeah, you had two scraps. Bad. Yep. Um, Carter Allen, South Carolina, and then um, you went for one of the big boys. Travis
1: Howe. yeah yeah Travis Howe, yeah
0: he's one of the killers down there yeah he is yeah
1: he's a killer yeah so so what happened it was funny I, I don't know why but I was like we, I was I, I was starting with me Sean element I forget who our other winger was mm-hmm. we're starting and and then he was and then I saw Travis Howe starting and just in my head I'm like I just haven't I have a feeling this guy's gonna do something stupid <laughs> So he, I, we win, we win the face off. Not a big deal. I want a face off. Um, <laughs> snapped it back, actually. Yeah, it was beautiful. And, and all of a sudden, I turn and look and see the puck, and Travis Howe's like slashing Element, and I'm like, stop! I'm like, don't, don't Element. And he doesn't, and he like comes up to me, or I go up to him, and he's like, what are you gonna do? I'm like, man, you want to go? I was like, you need to calm down. He's like, you. I was like, he's like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, we'll go. So, like, I was like, fuck, what am I doing halfway (laughs) through? And, like, I'm jabbing him, I'm jabbing him. And I think he's just, like, lining me up. And Mm. he he's a good fighter, strong fighter. He just starts throwing downhill. and Mm. You know what? I didn't get hit by anything. Yeah. So I was like, you know what? That's a win.
0: Yeah. And,
1: like, I got back to the bench and Stalzy and Drake were like, man, like, that just allowed our team to, like, feel more confident. Like, hey, like, he can fight him, like, Let's not be scared of him. Yep. And we ended up winning 5-2 that game. And I think I had gory yeah. that game, actually. We had a no. gory how that game.
0: Man, you're just racking the stuff up. I know. I oh, know. Crazy. The power but forward. Yeah, like, like I said, you're a power forward. Power forward. Exactly. Yeah. See, that this new definition of power forward that the media is trying to spin, where you don't have to fight. You just have to throw a hit every now and then. My definition, you got to drop them every now and then. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. So there you go. I actually told that to Karks when you signed. I said you just signed the premier power forward in the league. what did he say? He's like he Fuck that. he's like, Fuck that guy. no, he actually said... no, no, no he uh, I think he agreed, but you know he's he's the coach, so you got the coach speak yep. and everything but uh but he loved you by the way, but you know yeah that. you know that um yep. but before we get to that, let's talk about you ended up in Providence, yep, so how did that come about? Fun.
1: crazy story was uh, so I was in Orlando right to the end of the year. And I went to my buddy's house for a week and a half after and Mm -hmm. played golf and had a good time, right? Like after the season, like you usually do. Mm -hmm. And I caddied for, he plays like minor pro golf down here, Corey Eisenman. He plays not down here, but down in Florida. And his parents have a house in uh, West Palm Gardens. Mm -hmm. So I drove down, uh, was with him for a week and a half and caddy and golf and everything like that. Um, then all of a sudden I was flying back. I was like, all right, well, I'm flying back on Thursday. Like, blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, sweet. Sounds good. Like, um, so I get a call on Wednesday and they're like, Hey, uh, are you free? Uh, they're like, blah, blah, blah. This is coach of Providence Bruins. And honestly, what I almost said was, all right, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is this? Yep. Is this, Hey, Johnny, is this you? <laughs> get the hell out of here. But I did, not I was like, uh, "Yeah, yeah, I'm free. I'm actually in Florida right now." They're like, "Oh, you're not home?" I was like, "No, well, I'm flying home tomorrow." They're like, "Well, we would love to have you uh, have have you Friday, Saturday uh, for the games." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm in." <laughs> so I was able. So I was already flying out, but then our flight, my flight, kept getting delayed, delayed on Thursday. Mm-hmm. So luckily, my girlfriend, her dad's uh, mosaic with JetBlue. Okay. So he got me a flight out Wednesday night mm-hmm. to Boston, Wednesday night. So then Thursday, um, I ended up going and practicing with with him. Okay. And I stepped on the ice, and I thought I was Bambi. I couldn't <laughs> stand. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. But I was like, but yeah, so I got a call, and you know, one thing led to another, and I said, you know what? It'd be stupid to say no. Of course. Especially since I was already coming home, and now I can say I played for the Bruins. No one has to say the little Bruins. I well, played for the Bruins.
0: That's it. That's it. Absolutely. And, of course, you get you get a point. If yep. you played a whole year with them, you would have 40 points, 41 that, points.
1: That's what I was thinking. Yeah. That's what you, I was to, thinking.
0: you just got to prorate it. And, of course, yep. you got two scraps. Yeah, uh, of course. Wudkowski Witkowski and Patrick McGrath. What do you remember about those?
1: So, Witkowski won, I was like – I was all I was thinking about was Dennis McCauley saying, I can't believe you didn't get in a <laughs> right. fight. Yep. So I'm like, all right, well, uh, I asked I asked him to fight like first shift and he's like, No, I'm not fighting. So I'm like, yeah. you know what? Best way to get someone to fight, run around. Yep. Like play the game, but like f- finish every hit. So I was and and then he comes out, he's like, Let's go. I'm like, Okay. Mm-hmm. So we both drop our gloves and I was so jacked up. Yeah, I was an idiot and I threw my stick behind me. So I have him and I throw one and he goes to throw one and I step on my stick. Yep. And it looks like he knocks me out. <laughs> but luckily he didn't. He missed. Yeah. But like he's a he's a strong guy. Yeah. And then the second one is Patty McGrath. Like I know I know him from Indy. I yeah. played with him in Indy, so he was a good buddy of mine. I'm I'm we're to shooting the shit in warm ups. We're just stretching. Fake we're stretching. Fake yeah. stretching at the yeah. at the line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, Patty, what's going on? He's like, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm like, good. I was like, you want to give me one tonight? He's like, yeah, that works. He's like, first shift. He's like, I was like, yeah, that works. He's like, all right, sounds good. So I go in. He's or he was like first shift. He's like, maybe throw a hit and then I'll come in. I'm like, okay, sounds good. Mm -hmm. So I throw a hit and he gets and he gets on the ice and I'm coming back up the ice. So right when he I hear him, he goes, oh, let's go. I'm like. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so like then, so we go, we go toe, toe to toe and like luckily I had reach on it, but he kept throwing these kidney shots. Yeah. And I'm like, I remembered him telling me in Indy, he throws kidney shots so that I drop it and then he can clock me.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: all I'm thinking is don't drop it. Don't yep. drop it. Don't drop it. I was like, take them, take them as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And they're starting to hurt. So I start throwing back like jabs and throwing over and they're starting to hurt so what one thing leads to another fight ends and and, and whatnot and like get to the b- penalty penalty box and blah 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 and i get back to the uh bench and coach's like man this is awesome he's like you i didn't think i didn't expect you to fight both nights i was like yeah why not i was like why not right so so i'm playing the rest of the game and um I, I get like a chintzy. I'm not gonna lie. It's a chintzy uh, assist, but mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah, take it. I take it. And um, after the game, I'm like, man, my ribs are
0: killing me. Mm-hmm.
1: Three days after, a week after, my ribs were still hurting. I'm like, I think I might have broken them. Mm-hmm. But then I like went to the Worcester guy, the Worcester doctor, and yeah. they're like, no, just bad bruise. He's like, yeah, what yeah. happened? I was like, oh, I was getting punched in the ribs. <laughs> Well, why? I was like, and I told him, he's like, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so after the game, like coach, coach brings me, or uh, coach, the assistant coach comes in. And is like, Hey, oh, uh, like coach wants to talk to you. Um, I was like, all right, sounds good. Um, and the, the co-manager before the game, I meant to tell you this before the second mm-hmm. game was like, uh, yeah, like you can bring these sticks home tonight with you. And I was like, Wait, I'm going home tonight, and like I, I already knew I was. Yeah, yeah. Because there's certain playoffs, mm-hmm. and they were, like saving bodies, and I was like, "Wait, I'm going home tonight." He's like, "Yeah, wait, shit, I'm sorry." I'm like, "Dude, I'm just kidding with you. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding." I was like, "I was like, I know." So like, he brought me in, like yeah. we talked, and Adam McQuaid was there, and I, yeah, yeah. I was like, "I literally," he's like, "I loved your game, and you know how hard it was to say." I I wanted to be like I love you so much.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but of course, like, yeah. I was
1: like, thank you so much. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But I was like,
1: I wanted to be like I love you. You're the best. <laughs> You're the second best brewing of all time, behind me, line. <laughs> but I was like, I can't. I can't yeah. be a pro. I was like, be a pro. Yeah. But maybe if I said that, it would have gotten me a, another chance.
0: Me? Yeah. yeah.
1: I blew we it. all have regrets. I blew it. Well, I don't know if I you blew it. I should have gotten an autograph. Oh, well, I'm sure you could write him a letter. Yeah. Dear Adam. Hey, dear Adam, I don't know if you remember <laughs> me. My two games. I had two fights and played seven minutes total.
0: You said you liked my game. Yeah. Can I get your <laughs> autograph? And I'll send like a toilet piece of toilet paper or something. <laughs> so listen, I everyone's journey is different. And obviously at a certain point you want to play in the NHL. Yeah. It didn't work out that way. But I think the cool thing about your journey is that it's probably 85% of your hockey, you were able to play within driving distance for your family to see and your friends to see. So, like, everyone has a different path. And obviously, it would be great if I'm talking to you after 10 years with the Bruins, but it wasn't meant to be. But all those games that you played, most of them, your parents could come and see you i don't know if you have, you said you had a sister, your yep. buddies, and I think there's something to be said for that where you where you stay close to home. a lot of guys don't ever get that chance. How grateful are you for that?
1: yeah, I mean, you hit it right on the nail, like my dad and my mom and like parent uh family like loved coming to Worcester to watch me play, and like my uncle uncle John like he came to bridgeport, he lives in uh, Merrimack Mass, so like mm-hmm going to Bridgeport, like three and a half, four hours, Yeah, and he's like, I'm coming, so what he did, he would drive to my house, and then my dad would drive down, Mm -hmm. so my my uncle would crack a couple cold ones in the back seat with my mom in the front seat, he'd be just, he'd be like a, almost like he was in an Uber, (laughs) but he he would, and then, and he would work, he wakes up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. every day, Mm -hmm. so like, uh, not every day, but for work, so like, that Friday, right, like, he's driving down, and he's he was up already at 5 a.m he's coming to the game four hour drive like yeah. that takes a toll and like just like things like that and then um like being able to play in Worcester where my dad was at I would say 99 percent of the home games yeah. my mom whenever she wasn't working she was at the home games and then like my buddies from Endicott would come to the games um, once in a while they'd be like hey coming out to Worcester can you leave some tickets I'm like yeah of course yeah. so like that that was so cool like and, like, all these guys, like, loved that I was still playing and whatnot. So, um, and, like, even this year, like, when I was in Orlando, uh, my uncle, Uncle Chris, he uh, he uh, lives in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. So he was able to come to, like, the Carolina, South Carolina games and the Greenville games and, and whatnot. So that was pretty cool, too. So just a large outreach of family and supporters, which is always good. Um
0: you were obviously one of the most popular players in the history of the railers and Worcester is definitely a town that appreciates the blue collar guys, you know, going back to the, of the ice cats and everything like that. Um, How important is that to you? Not, maybe not important, but it's, it's almost a responsibility in a way because you know, fans will turn on you in a heartbeat. Yeah, and, but it seems like you know, guys like yourself and Turk and Corny, you guys are probably three of the most popular players in the history of the franchise. How much does that mean to you? Yeah, I
1: mean it means a lot. I mean, I remember this year there were some Worcester Railer fans down in Orlando. Oh yeah with their jerseys on. I'm like you like they're great fans. Like mm-hmm. Um But yeah, no, it's it's pretty cool to like be one of the fan favorites. Honestly, like everywhere I've went, like not to be like cocky, but like a lot of the fans really like me, and yep. like I guess it's just the style I play, and like like the fans, and especially the minor league fans, are like are are the best. I think mm-hmm. they're the best because like they're paying to come watch me play. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Like, w- w- <laughs> you could do something else on a Friday, Saturday night, yeah, but they're coming to watch watch us play. Like they're loud every night, whether you're in Orlando or Worcester. Like they're great fans, both mm-hmm. both were.
0: Um, you're the all-time leader in power play goals in Worcester, 10 power play goals. Wow. Uh, fourth all-time in general goals, 33, and your third all-time in penalty minutes. Obviously, you know who's ahead of you. Tersh and Corny? Yeah, but you want to know, we talked about your discrepancy in games back in college, right? Yeah. All right, so Turk, obviously, no one's touching his record. Okay. So you played 99 games, had 236 penalty minutes. I played 99 with Worcester. Yeah. I couldn't get to 100, huh? Well, you were too busy in the American League. No. That's That's how you have to look at it, right? That's fair. Um, Turk played, so you played 99 for 236. Turk played 26 games more than you, and he had 527 penalty minutes.
1: Oh, my God. He
0: had 125 games, 527 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, I know you're tough, but I think even if you played those extra 26 games, you're not I'm catching them. No. You,
1: you you need a 10 and you need you need 20 minutes. <laughs> you need two 10s every game.
0: That's how much of a wild man he was. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's touching that. No. Uh, all right. Hey, listen, thanks for hanging in there. We're almost done. We're, yeah, we're no at worries. the final year here. Okay. Uh so you're free agent. Uh how'd you end up in Orlando? Did Carks reach out to you?
1: No, I wasn't a free agent. I was protected okay. by him.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. But now you're protected, but were you under you were under contract or you had a sign?
1: how does that work? Um, yeah, so so what what happens in the coast is if you play under 200 and two, shoot, is it two forty? Two hundred and forty games? Mm-hmm. Then they can protect you, and they they have your rights for a year. Okay. And if you if it's over, then it it might be two sixty actually. And then you're a vet, and you can go wherever you want. Okay. So he had my they Orlando had my rights, and I was completely fine with that. Right? Like,
0: yeah.
1: Could be worse places, but um, like ended up signing in there in the summer. Like he was he said the same thing. He's like, hey, like I'm a new coach. Like everyone has a fresh slate, so I don't care what you did last year. Like you're gonna be given xyz opportunity and i was like you know what like i I like that a lot like and like sure like maybe some guys are like oh it's your fourth year in the league like he should tell you it's this is what you're getting it's like no like that's not how i was raised like i never believed in that like i was always raised like hey you gotta earn it you gotta earn your damn spot so when i heard that i was like all right like this guy's he's ready for business and
0: he um so i may be biased okay uh i've known him a few years and he just has this energy about him like mm-hmm. I, I it's really hard to put into words but he's the kind of guy like you want to you want to go to the rink uh, you know it just seems that way even me like after I, after i saw you guys this year we went to lunch and it's just he just has this like this positive energy about him and you want to do well you don't play for the coach but it's just like you, he's such a good guy, and he, and yep. you just, like, you, you don't want to fuck up. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, you want to do whatever you can because of the faith he has in you, and just because of that energy that he brings. And how is that accurate? 100%. Like, he,
1: like you said, like, he has, like, that energy where he puts in so, him and Homer both, yeah. like, they put in so much damn work, like, mm-hmm. it fucking sucked losing, yeah. because I knew how much they put in, like, some of the guys put in and, like, we just couldn't get everyone to buy in. Mm. And that that was the shittiest part was, like, he would come up to, like, the core group of guys and be like, hey, like, you guys did well tonight. It's like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I know. Like, yeah, it sucks, but, like, we got to find a way to get everybody on board. And, like, he, and you know, like, that guy hates fucking losing and, yeah. like, so do I. So, like, yeah. we saw eye to eye with that. And, like, it was so annoying. It, it was tough this year, just, like, because we had we had some good players. It's yeah. just some things didn't work out the way we planned or the Kark's planned. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the that's the shittiest part was that we that the coaches put in so much damn work and like mo like most of the players put in the work. It was just some guys just you know what I mean.
0: Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. And, and without just, throwing without
1: throwing anything under the bus.
0: No, I understand that. I you know I get it, and it's just like a like you say, he hates to lose. It's just he, you know what he cares, and it's yeah. not it, it's it, it's not just a job. Like you know, it's his team. Like he's not just the coach; he's the GM. So this is the team he's putting together, and obviously, right. first year, you know, you're going to keep some guys, you're going to get rid of some guys, but it's like. You can almost tell, and I, and obviously I'm saying this from the outside, but there are certain coaches who coaching is the job, yep. and then there are certain coaches where, like, hockey's his life, you know, and obviously not in a bad way, because I know he's an unbelievable family man with, with his wife and his sons and everything, I yep. know how much his family means to him, but... He cares so much about hockey like I understand what you're saying that it sucked losing especially with all the work that he put in because you know how much he cares.
1: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like he he take like like I said to some guys like he, you know how much time he took away from his family yeah. to just to be here coaching or doing video or being on the road like but yep. like like you said he's a big family man like he has a great great wife and kids so Yeah.
0: Did, uh now i think you played against homer didn't you uh, last year when he was with uh, south carolina yeah I, I don't know if i played against him okay. or if he was if he played or not but yeah. i know some of the guys did yeah yeah uh and this was his first go-around as a as a coach yep yeah so how, how what was it like playing for him because yeah. now there's that dynamic the head coach good 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 cop bad cop so karks went from the good and i don't see karks as a bad cop but, yeah. but in, in Bridgeport, he was the good cop and yep. he's, I, I can't picture him as the bad cop, but I, I guess you always kind of confide in the, in the assistant coach too. Sometimes yeah. you can't go to the head coach. So how, how was Ben in that role? He, he was, he was
1: awesome. Like he had the penalty, he, he was doing penalty kill. Mm-hmm. Um, like he would, and, and he worked a lot with the centers actually. Like, and that's so big, like being able to grab, have a guy that was really good uh, in his career and just finished last year. Being able to bring him in and have him be such a vital part, like you could see our face-offs were getting better and better. Because if you if you're chasing the puck, like it's tough to make plays and create offense. So if we're able to win draws, like just something like that, so small seems small, but it's so big. Like he would take the centers and watch video. He'd watch watch video with them, and he would do draws after practice and and, and just tell him a couple tips. And I think it helped out so much. And like just little things like that, where he he like he just finished playing. So like. Mm-hmm. He knows the guys, and he knows how the best way to be taught or coached is. So yeah. I thought that was a great pickup by them.
0: Um, so you had – an I mean, again, I know you're not happy. I can tell you how you did this year. You had a great season personally, but obviously the, you're not a, a personal guy. You're a team guy. Uh, but it has to be said, 47 points, 71 games, 173 PIMS. Uh, hmm. seven, seventh in the, in the league, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you knew that, but uh, it's the seventh in the Tims, and you also set a team record with fourteen power play goals.
1: yeah, that''s crazy. I is mean, that... I was set up for success though. You play, uh, yeah, but...
0: with a, you play you you get on a power
1: play and you yeah. sit in front and you have a guy my named Michael Brodzinski mm-hmm. shooting the pocket your stick wherever your stick is, like it's pretty uh pretty easy to score some goals.
0: Yeah, but you could also have stone hands. I do. Well, apparently, you know, I'm, you've got yeah, silky no, mitts. I know, I know. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But
1: I'm just saying, yeah. like, playing with him on the power play was unbelievable. Yeah. And um, then, like, early in the year, we had Joe Carroll and, and Sidlowski mm-hmm. on the flanks. Like, we, were, those two were awesome, too. So,
0: I uh, Since he was hurt when I was there, yeah. I got to talk to Sidlowski a lot. While you guys were skating, he seems like a really, really good guy. What kind really of really good guy? Is he? Yeah, and bald guy too, just like yourself. Oh, I mean, we're both very handsome. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want to hear? Us? I told him, what, I told him that I, I'm like, I wanted to talk to you because the whole time I was speaking, he, I, I guess he said he was focused, but I, I'm like, it looked like you were grilling me the whole time, and he started <laughs> laughing, and I'm just like, I'm like, this guy, he wants to kill me. Right. And he's like, no, no, no. I was just, I was like listening to every word you said. And, uh, and he was just such a cool guy to talk to. So what kind of a guy is he to play with?
1: He's, he's like an old school guy too, where he's going to put up points and like, he'll, he'll beat, he'll beat the piss out of some guys.
0: Yeah, like, he, he was saying he grew up, uh, you know, big Red Wings fan with yeah. the toughness that they had and everything. So uh, he seemed. Yeah. Like, unfortunately, he was hurt when I was there. So, uh, but it, I mean, if he comes back next year, he'll definitely be someone I look out for.
1: Yeah, you'll have to. Like yeah. he's a guy. He he. If he played all the whole year, that would have been huge for us. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, what's it uh, Another guy that I met, really really good kid, was uh, Matt Barnaby Jr. Or, yeah, little Barney. Barney. I don't know if he's a little, junior, but little uh, Barney. Yeah, little Barney. Uh, yeah. What kind of a player is he? He's a guy like he has
1: he has a lot of potential. Like he could, I think he's a guy that could play in the AHL. To be honest, yeah. Like he yeah. has the skill, he has the the height. Just needs to maybe fill out a little bit, but like, he has a, he can skate. He has the hands. He can make plays. He can shoot. Like mm-hmm. it's just, I, I think he could. I think he could play in the AHL. If, um, Maybe a couple things changed, but, like, Mm -hmm. I I liked him a lot as a guy. Like, he's so funny. Like, great locker room guy. Uh, Like, guys loved him. Uh, But I think, uh, yeah, he was a great guy, though, on and off the ice. I thought he was a good player.
0: All right, and I got to ask you now, you battled him uh, throughout your career, and now you're sharing the locker room with Mazza. So uh, so what was it like? I'm I'm assuming you guys, you know, a lot of times –
1: we hit it off right away. Yeah,
0: I was going to say, I'm assuming you guys hit it off right away because you already have that mutual respect. I think. Yeah. I think what a lot of people don't realize is, oh, those guys fought a lot; they must hate each other. Where yep. in reality, the battles you guys had—not even just the fights, but you know, in the corners, whatever—you're building that respect for each other. So yep. I'm sure the minute the one of you was in the room, the minute the other guy walks in the room, you're shaking his hand, you're giving him a hug, and you're instant yep. friends. Well, it's funny. So I uh, I grabbed his phone number from one of my buddies, mm-hmm.
1: and when he got traded uh, from Adirondack to Orlando, and mm-hmm. I think my first text might have been like, "Hey, welcome to Orlando.
0: Yeah,
1: um, you're lucky. You're lucky we don't have to go round three. <laughs> it was something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was funny. Like in practice, there was one practice um, he gave me a cross check, mm-hmm. and I two handed him back, and like nothing ended up happening, right? Like it was just us battling and like just being pissed that we were losing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, maybe we could have should have fought, but at the end of practice, was like, so, oh, uh, round three going to happen right here in the circle. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, fuck.
0: Oh, man. Well, like
1: that, then we were all good. You know how it yeah. is. Like- oh,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I told him uh, I really appreciated him being uh, an impromptu part of my presentation because yeah. he had no idea. No idea. He had no idea, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna. I was telling my wife the night before, I'm like, I'm gonna. He doesn't know it, but he's gonna be part of my presentation. And he was, he was so good. I told him I'm so, so grateful that he just rolled with it. He was fantastic. So, that's so funny. Uh, You named team captain this year, yeah. So you're a kid, Massachusetts kid, playing Division three hockey. Now you're captaining a team, the third best league in the world, in Orlando, Florida. How how cool is that? How much did that mean to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it meant a lot. Like I said, there's guys like Steve Alexi and mm. Sidlowski and Brodzinski and Tyler Bird. I mean, the list goes on and on. But, like, that were there and that could have been captain. And, like, just the fact that I was brought in as a leadership group. Like, he brought me in, one of the six guys in the leadership group. I was like, oh, like sweet, this is awesome. Mm. I know I had the A last year in Worcester, but I was like, yeah, it's a new spot. Like, it, whatever happens, like, I just want to win. Yeah, and then he was like, "Yeah, like the A's are Szelowski and Brodzinski and uh, the captain is going to be uh, it's going to be Ols." I was like, "What?" <laughs> and was like, yeah, what? And, like, it was an, it was such an honor, like just the fact that Kars, um, gave me the ability to be the captain, and, like he thought that I had what it took to to lead the team to success. I mean, it we didn't end in success, but like still, it was it was a, it was a good honor, and like I. Love that guy. He's the he's the man like
0: he's
1: a great guy, I mean, as we talked about, but the fact that he allowed me to be the captain this year was awesome.
0: And you got the letter from a guy who wore a letter in the NHL. So that yeah. has to mean something. This is a guy yeah. who and Karks is the kind of guy that doesn't need a letter to be a leader. But right. the fact is he wore a letter in the NHL and he's now bestowing the sea to you, which yes yeah. which has to mean more than if it was some you know, listen, I'm not afraid to say it. Some Finnish fancy guy, whatever. You yep. got a guy, and potatoes guy, that you know that earned everything he has, and and he's he's designating you the captain.
1: Yeah. No, it was so, it was so cool. Like, it was it was awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I'm not going to run through the names of the guys that you fought this year. I'd say maybe the <laughs> biggest, the biggest name, maybe uh, Nico, Nico from Savannah. Yep. Maybe was probably the, the with the best resume. Um, yeah. Any memorable fights this year, or any good stories about any of them, or?
1: I know one with one was with Graves. Yep. And Gert, Gertler um, hit one of our AHL NHL guys from behind, mm-hmm. and nobody did anything. And there's like I don't know, like 20 seconds left in the game. Yeah. And nobody, uh, no, nobody did anything. So whistle blew like w- no penalties or anything i was like man whatever i'll just jump at the porch don't say anything i i pulled the guy off yeah and i lined up right next to gurdler as a right winger and I, everyone knows i'm usually a left winger like yeah. i'll play right wing but lined up right next to him and puck dropped and i two-handed him so hard across the foot yeah and then the shin pad mm-hmm. and then graves came in and got in a fight and like after the game cars was that was like that was one of our that was an early game maybe like first five games Karch was like, you guys got to stick up for each other, like, blah, blah, blah. And like, I was like, boys, I, di- I didn't know I had to say, so- I-, I-, I was like, I wish I had told, I wish I told some, some other guys because the other guys that were out there were skilled guys. Right. So like, I probably should have looked at like a guy like Sid and you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, those guys and be like, hey, I'm, I'm going. Mm-hmm. But, or Mazza, you know what I mean? And yeah. Like, stepped in, but that was one. Um, we, we both got like two or three good ones in. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think. <laughs> I mean, the last one, one against Lynch. Okay. The last, my last ever game. Tell last me. career game. It was uh, we were losing two-one in Jacksonville, and this guy's absolute. I, no one really likes him. Mm-hmm. He's an absolute loser. A uh, little rat doesn't usually st- back up his talk. Like mm-hmm. he's always, he, like he was chirping birdie like oh, you'll never fight, blah, blah, blah. And Bertie's like, I'll go right now. And she's like, oh, of course you would ask me while I'm on the bench. He's like, well, no, you're right in front of me. (laughs) So he would do little shit like that all year. He's just a little shit. I I think he's a loser, to be honest. Uh Um, But uh, Dwyer, Karks puts me, Powell, uh, uh, a rookie center, and then uh, Maza and Harper out. Nice. And after like a bad, bad call, like a bad non-call, and he doesn't say anything. And yeah. me and Powell go out. We're both left-wingers. And we look at each other and we're like, who's playing left-wing? And I go, you take right wing. <laughs> and he goes, okay. Yeah. And so I look at the center and I go, don't even worry about the puck. Go right first hand. And he goes for the puck. He, yeah. He's a rookie. You know what I mean? He's a rookie. Right. Right. He goes for the puck. And, um, we want it, blah, 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 like goes up the wall, up, G, uh, up Powell's wall. And this d kind of stepped up on him mm-hmm. and didn't hit him hard. It a good clean hit. And I just came over and like pushed him into the bench. And then Powell grabbed him. Mm-hmm. And Lynch came in, and I knew he was the center. And I knew he was out there. And I'm like, like, got it. If I can get him, <laughs> like, I would love to beat the piss out of him. Mm-hmm. And I grabbed him. So I ended up grabbing him. It was my, I guess it was the second altercation, which is kind of bullshit. Like, we yeah. started at the same time. like Right, right. So, so damn stupid. Yeah. And so I, I threw a couple on him, in on him, and then he got a good one in on me. I got a stitch, and, like, he broke my nose. And then mm-hmm. I ended up getting him here, and I was just going, like, this to him. Yeah. And then we ended up going down after, but, like... And then that was in the third period, 17 minutes left. Yeah, I'm skating off with a bloody nose and a broken nose, and I guess the backup goalie Jimmy Parade that looks at me and he goes, or after he goes, "What a way to go out!"
0: <laughs> and he goes,
1: "I he goes, do you know that you were going, you were going like this and licking your lips with the bloody nose?" I, I guess I was like skating off like this.
0: Nice. Very and
1: nice. And I looked at Kark's and he was just laughing.
0: Oh my god, that must have made a great picture. I hope someone got it. I don't know. I hope so. Yeah, that would be amazing. And, so, and
1: I remember, and it was in Jacksonville, and the fans were yelling.
0: Yeah, and it was the same guy that
1: yells all the whole year, and he he's always eating popcorn. He's he's a big boy.
0: Yeah, and I go,
1: keep stuffing your chipmunk cheeks, you fat ass, <laughs> and then I go down the tunnel.
0: <laughs> oh, it's a storybook ending. It is. It really was. When when did you know that this was going to be your final year?
1: Probably like a week week or two left in the season. So after we got eliminated from playoffs, yeah, I kind of was like, you know what, well, like this is a really good job opportunity mm-hmm. um, to be able to be the head coach and director of hockey operations at Hillside, mm-hmm. and be assistant and assistant director of admissions. Mm-hmm. I like it's pretty pretty good first job. Um, yeah title title and pay so i was like you know what and i'm in mass mm-hmm. i'm gonna be close to my family again um living with my girlfriend so it was uh, it was it was it was it's it was it was uh tough but it was it's it's gonna be good mm-hmm.
0: you think um come or come training camp time that's when it might hit you possibly
1: but mm-hmm. hopefully i don't know because i'll be busy with like recruiting and coaching and stuff, but it'll definitely I'll definitely be like keeping close eyes on the guys in Orlando and, and Worcester like Drew Callan. Hopefully he goes back to Springfield and those guys. But um yeah, I mean hey, you never know. Maybe they need a guy for a game.
0: Listen, I I wouldn't mind you playing in Bridgeport for a few games. It's yeah, only an I'll hour be, and a half.
1: I'll be staying in shape. I'll I'll have to let people know. Yeah. Hey get get the name out there. Huh? <laughs> Whenever I don't have a game, if I don't have a game, I can make it. All right, I'll have
0: to let some people know. <laughs> um, so Only if I get the jersey. Well, then it won't be Bridgeport. Then it won't be Bridgeport. I won't have you in Bridgeport. As long as Lou is here, you're not getting that jersey. No, no. You know. uh, so aside from the new position, uh, do you still teach? Is it pro skill development? Uh, sorry. Uh,
1: so it's uh, what it is. It's uh, called Sharks. It's actually right here. Sharks hockey. Okay. So it's uh, I do skill development basically four days a week, okay. and then I do I'll do tournaments like one tournament a week uh, a month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's for like 2007 born to 2012 born, 2013 born kids okay. in the area. So I I started the program and recruited and whatnot. So um, that's kind of what what happened, and like that's kind of what I have to do now for Hillside is recruit. Right. And bring these top kids in. and It's been growing um, little by little, and um, so all in all, it's pretty good.
0: How do you like the new job so far? I haven't started. When you say I mean, you're working during the week, is that the Sharks? Yeah. So oh, no, no, no.
1: So like, I went in yesterday to okay. introduce myself and did all that, and I was like, "Oh, do you want me to start tomorrow?" They're like, no, nah, you can start next week." I'm like, oh, okay.
0: "Okay." Oh, okay. So, well, so weird. what I've
1: been doing? So what I've been doing is uh, a lot of recruiting. Okay. I've been calling emailing and talking to parents and like telling them hey like and scheduling visits for next week and, and stuff like that because the more visits I can get the yeah. less I'm at my desk
0: that's very true I don't
1: do well at a desk
0: I was gonna say you don't seem like the
1: type no and especially my own office I need people to talk to I need mm-hmm.
0: a I hear you hey listen I'm gonna um, I'm gonna say something right now and I'm not blown don't smoke up your ass pumping your tires here just uh you know you and i have spoken back and forth for a few years you know let just... me get this
1: on video so so i can
0: uh... yeah i'm gonna this is getting recorded let me record so it. i'm gonna <laughs> post this no 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 and you and i have spoken over the last few years you know over uh dms and stuff like that but i i gotta tell you just it was so great to finally meet you this year and just being around the team that one morning you're you to me are the epitome of what a captain should be because I saw the way that you interacted with everybody. And, and that day, it wasn't just the guys there. It was a lot of the team personnel. And I saw the way that you interacted with, with Karks and Homer and the guys and the people that work for the team. And, and to me, just from that one morning and the way your personality is um, you, to me, you are what a captain of a hockey team should be. Just what you bring to a locker room, um, unless you were just bluffing that day, which I don't think you were, but uh, I just not wanted that to good say, poker. no, I just wanted to say, man, I, I was, I was so impressed. I was so impressed. Just, you know, I did a lot of watching that day and yes. just seeing the way you interacted with everybody. Uh, I I was really impressed. And I, I think you, you are what a captain should be.
1: No, I appreciate that. I mean, like, I mean, my, my parent, my mom was always like a server. So like she was in a hard, hard pretty, hard note not hard nose job but a blue collar job yeah like my mom and dad always told me hey you treat the manager and the owner the same you treat a a, a bus boy yeah so i mean that's kind of how i have always gone about it um yeah no i, I appreciate that that means a lot like
0: ross i gotta thank you we we originally said two hours now we're a little over three i, I i'm glad you didn't have to work today and uh, i really appreciate the time that you gave me um and I think we covered a lot of your career. Obviously, as much as I want to have no one turn stones, there may be some stuff that I didn't, uh, I didn't uh, bring up. Is there anything about your career that uh, you'd like to, to bring up that I didn't? I think we hit it all, honestly. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I think I hit
1: it. Yeah, I think we hit it all. If I miss anything, I'll I'll be sure to let you know.
0: Yeah, just if there's anything that you wanted to bring up or anything you want to plug or or, or whatever, because I try to do my best with, with yeah. the research here. But obviously, there's no way I could ever uncover everything. Yeah. So the only, uh, hey,
1: the only plug now is hey, hillside hillside school make make sure your hockey send send this out to your hockey the young hockey guys.
0: All right, we'll do well. Long <laughs> Island is, uh, you know, Long Island is a budding uh, hockey. Uh, yeah, it it's is not Massachusetts yet, but uh, but they're they're getting there. We got a we lot have of a we have boarding, we have boarding, so it's not bad. All right, I'll see what I could do. Maybe we'll, <laughs> have to get, we'll have to get Maza on that too. I think he's a little more in touch with the young players here. I well, watch what you say. Well, not that's true. Very good. I love it. I love that. That what was. Watch what excellent. you say, man. That I'm not even going to edit. I'm not even going to edit that out. I'm going to leave it in there so he has to listen to. <laughs> But, uh, but this is amazing. Uh, like yeah. I said, it was a real, it was so great to finally meet you in person. And um, I, I just want to thank you for your time and uh, hopefully we keep in touch. Yeah,
1: of course. I mean, I appreciate it. I know, uh, I know I can talk a lot. And so, so can you. So that made it, <laughs> that made it three hours, but like, like you, you told me, you said it would fly by and it did. Well, I appreciate uh, that. And, and I appreciate you coming to Orlando and telling your story. hopefully, uh, hopefully that sticks with some of the guys because that was that was some real shit.
0: Well, I appreciate that. That was totally. Uh, I had originally just texted Clark saying, "Hey, I'm I'm coming down. Can I get to a game?" And then he's it was his idea. So, oh I was, really? Yeah. yeah, it was his idea. I mean, he's been. He's been so supportive, you know, of me and my story and stuff like that. He's been, he's been, you know, just someone that's been in my corner and, uh, when he brought it up, but that's something I really want to get into. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, it was a real honor to, to talk to you guys there. I wish, I wish maybe, uh, I was a little more forceful, maybe get a few more dubs after that, but, uh, I know. you know, but, <laughs> but you know, it was a real honor to speak to you guys. I, I'm really glad that I had that opportunity.
1: Yeah, no, appreciate it. Thanks for everything.
0: All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Good luck with the new gig. Sounds good. Talk to you. See you later. All right, bye. 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 Thanks once again to Ross Olson for his time. I really love chatting with Ross, and I'm really sorry to see that uh, he's hung up the skates for pro hockey. I completely understand why he would take the position that he did. He's got a future to think about, and uh, this is something that he can do long-term but as a hockey fan and someone who appreciates his style and really his personality like i said he, he's a complete character and and i was able to see him again a small sample size but uh i just think ross was a great captain and a great personality um the type of guy you want in your locker room so i think um i think it's a loss for the sport um, when you lose a guy like Ross Olsen. But uh, I wish Ross nothing but success in um, in his new role, and I'm sure he'll thrive in that as well. As far as next week, no guests, no show. Uh, like I said, I may have uh, the farewell uh, Nordique's Knuckles episode, but um, I have something lined up for the week after. As long as that comes to fruition, then um, bring you some more fistic goodness. Until then, please, you people out there, Stay safe.